welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 135. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can also check us out on Spotify as well as Google Play. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter as well as Twitch at Serial Sensei. And of course, as always, I'm joined with my co host, Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just chilling. Uh, trying to catch up while we record. I'm watching Aoki Lee in the background. Uh, yeah, you get to see the the moment that uh, one championship has been salivating for <laughs> their entire life since Christian League was there. Um, but no, we'll 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 get to that card. That card is uh that card was awesome. Um, there were actually a lot of good a lot of good happenings this uh this weekend. A lot of good fights. A lot of fisticuffs being thrown. Uh, we had uh, Wilder Brazil or Brazil. Uh, last night, of course, we had Dos Anjos and Lee. Um, as you mentioned, one championship had a card. Um, oh, what was the other guy who fought? Uh, anyway, anyway, fought. Now, anyway, fought, um, Emmanuel Rodriguez and Josh Taylor fought, uh, Ivan Baranchik for the WBSS, uh, Bantamweight and was a junior welterweight tournament. And they're both now, <clears throat> uh, so we now have the finalists for, the, uh, both of those tournaments. We also had Road FC 53, and I don't remember which number it was, but we also had a KSW card that was headlined by Michelle per, uh, Materla and Scott Askin. So, yeah. and there was violence to be had there. Yeah, so, and I forgot, and Glory 65, shout out to them, because I'll, I'll be giving that a mention. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, so from like Friday to, you know, through the weekend, there was a lot of, a lot of hands and feet being thrown, so... Uh, if you didn't get to see everything, go 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 back and watch. You you missed out on some. There's a lot of, a lot of good violent moments this weekend. Um, also, just a quick mention for me, I'm excited about today because I'm gonna go finally get to see John Wick three, and I've been really looking forward to this. And I'm ready to see uh, how long Keanu Reeves can keep a kill streak going. Because uh, apparently that's just what he does in John Wick movies, and I'm all for it. Um, so I'm in good spirits today, considering I only slept like five hours. I'm feeling good. Weather's good. Hopefully it's not too hot outside. It looks pleasant, but I don't, I'm don't. i not ready for like that 80 and 90 degree weather. I don't think we're going to get... Oh, it's going to be 84 today. All right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm being inside. I'm, I'm going to be in the library later today, so... Yeah. I'll be out partial. I'll go see the movie, then I'll... Oh, dude, it's going to be no- almost 90 tomorrow. Oof. Yeah. Oh, um, actually, real quick, guys, uh, talking about dates and 
things like that. Um, so my, I'll, I'll be turning 30 next week on hey. Monday. Yeah, I don't know if I'm aying about it, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I'll try to be optimistic. But no, I'll be turning 30 next month. I'm mean, not next month, next week on Memorial Day. Um, only bring this up because I don't believe there are any fight cards next week. Um, Or any major ones, I should say. Let me check real quick. There is a fight next week. I just can't remember which yeah, one it was. There, there is a, a fight, I want to say, I don't know if it's on Friday or Saturday that week. But I don't think there's anything like. There's no UFC. There's no Bellator. Yeah, I think one has like their little, whatever their version of like the Contender series is. I forgot what it's called. Like they have one of those next week. Um, but I don't think there's really a ton else going on. And I, I just bring this up because I was, you know, could either use the week take the week off. But I kind of did want to do uh, a mailbag episode. Those are pretty fun. Uh, something that we don't have to, you know, watch footage for. We don't have to wake up early and rewatch fights. We can just get questions and come in and talk. Right. Because uh, I took off that weekend. So I have nothing to do. I don't say nothing to do, but, you know, I wouldn't mind doing an episode of a, a mailbag episode. So I don't really like tagging people in posts, but if I do tag you in a post, That'll probably be what it's for. So I will try to collect some uh, questions for a mailbag episode. So if you're listening to us, uh, you can post questions on the Facebook page. Um, if you're on Tumblr, send them to me on Tumblr. Um, if you're on Twitter, where, wherever wherever you see me at, just just send me a question or send an anti-cooler question. E- either of us will do. And uh, we can do them on a mailbag episode. Um, I was also thinking of maybe trying to get a guest in on that episode. I'm not sure. Maybe a week's notice might be too short. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But if possible, I would like to do a mailbag episode. So if you guys have any questions, MMA-related, or even not MMA-related, at this point, I don't care. <laughs> Just send them in. And, uh, you know, if, if we get enough of them, I'll, I'll, we can try to make a mailbag episode out of it. Um, I remember what the card was. It was PFL's second uh, card for this season. Uh, okay, so that's uh, Thursday? That is Thursday. It's okay. featherweights and lightweights. And I forgot Jeremy Kennedy got cut from the UFC off of one loss. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have laughed. That, that's bad. Hey, he's got a chance to win a meal now. Uh, yeah, I mean, can't hate on that. Yeah, go go, go be all you can be. That's good, though. All right, so PFL will hold it down next week. But, uh, yeah, send questions uh, for a mailbag episode, guys, if you have any questions. And real quick, uh, before we give the listener shout-outs, well, really in regards to that, so, like, last week's episode... I just kind of, like, dropped, and I didn't really, like, ever go back and look at it. I just, you know, dropped it and went on about my business. Didn't realize it was almost at 100 plays. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Numbers didn't normally get that high. Um, I guess people just wanted to hear about Andrade throwing uh, Thug Rose on her head. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> thank all you guys who listened. That was dope. Uh, and, of course, shout-outs to the listeners. Tumblr folk, Twitter folk. Uh, I got to throw an Instagram folk now because I post on there too. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Remember to share. Share with a friend. Text us to somebody. Um, if you're in an Uber and you're about to leave the Uber, you're like, hey, listen to this. Uh, you know, force the podcast on people. That's Dude, how. Wait, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but like, why does our episode for 211 have so many damn, like, 
I, just, I, I, I never look at, like, the actual numbers on these things. Which, which one was 211? 211 was episode 25, and it has, like, 500-plus listens. What what car was that? Uh, I, I don't know, but the, the, the topic is UFC 211 review and ringtone rappers. Uh, it was Not- Miguel Chis Dos Santos 2. What are you guys listening to? <laughs> it's, it's, it's so weird to watch episode numbers because you never know like which fights people really care to hear about. Because <clears throat> there are some fights where I'm like, oh, everybody's going to want to hear this. And then the numbers don't get that high. And then there are other fights that I didn't even care about. And I look at the numbers, I'm like, y'all, y'all really, this was what y'all, you know? I mean, yeah, people, um, maybe it was the ringtone rappers part. That, yeah, that could be. Yeah, I mean, that could be. But when we're not talking about this nonsense sport, right? This, this circus show, <laughs> we we tend to have really good conversations about whatever. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see what, yeah, what what episodes kind of just bring people in. It's also really easy to tell which cards we want to talk about. That is true. <laughs> we won't get to the MMA part until like an hour in. <laughs> And then we wonder how we run four hours. Right. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, so yeah. So some of these cards we come in and it's like, yeah, this is this is gonna be one of them days. This is homework. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to the listeners, man. Number one city for the week, uh, Everett, Washington. Number two, San Francisco, California. Uh, number three, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Number four, Lady Lake, Florida. And number five, Carlsbad, California. And real quick, shout out to number six, which I don't think I've ever seen pop up on the list. Uh, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. I don't know how you guys got here, but, you know, just stay. Don't leave. Click here by accident. It's fine. Don't panic. Just stay here. You'll find something you like eventually. I promise. Shouts to, um, was Nam Pham uh, Vietnamese? If so, shouts to him. There we go. Nam fam got he got the list. He sent it to all his family members. We appreciate you. But uh, yeah, so shout out to the listeners. Uh, so today's episode, you know, as always, over some news and notes for the week. Not really a busy busy news week uh, whatsoever. A couple of notable fight announcements that we'll get to, and then as far as fights, um, I'll briefly talk about Glory because I only watched two fights, but I think it was a, was a card worth watching, and it's on Fight Pass, so if you still have Fight Pass, you can go back and watch the card in its entirety. Um, I will do a nice rant and rave about the one championship and the Dragon card because it was awesome. It was amazing. I feel bad for Sage Northcutt, though. That kind of hurt my feelings, but, you know, such is life. Such is life. And then, of course, oh, no, no. And then... Did, did you get the chance to watch the uh, Wilder Brazil fight? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't. Really wants to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that, and then of course we will finish off with uh, with the uh, UFC. I, I have thoughts and opinions on Brazil Wilder. Uh <laughs> It was funny because uh, I'm not gonna talk about the fight, but like I, I went out for that. Uh, I went out for that card. Went over uh, a friend's house. And um, uh, a guy who, I didn't know him, but he was uh, coming over to watch the fights. And most of us were there to watch, like, all of the undercard. 
and there was like one guy who I think was just coming just to watch the main event. And by the time he knocked on the door, the fight was over. <laughs> he came in as the replay was happening. But I, I get the whole thing about like one of the be- like, you know, Wilder fights aren't really the ones I'd have like viewing parties for. You feel me? Well, as I found out, the host of the party, um, he's a huge Wilder fan. Uh, well, I think just a boxing fan in general, but like Wilder's like his guy. That was good. Um, yeah, so he wanted to. It, it it feels like that Fury fight really did wonders for uh, Wilder in terms of like making him like. I don't want to say a draw because he was a draw in comparison to other Americans, but like he his name seems to be out there a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like he he has like I was uh, I saw like the numbers on Twitter and you know Twitter, we we found out recently like ten percent of people on Twitter make up like ninety percent of the tweets on Twitter, so it really is meaningless as a metric for success. But like his numbers were like more than I've seen for. Like big UFC pay per views, and so just people tweet like it was over a hundred thirty thousand people tweeting about him, mm. which is insane. Uh, he yeah he is one of those guys I feel like now people are yeah he, he's like a name now. Yeah, he, he, so. it only took forty knockouts, but he finally did it. Right. <laughs> we appreciate you, Wilder, bringing people together so we can come together and eat pizza. Why watch people get knocked out? World's but, uh, shortest viewing party. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, like we actually, we were there for like the undercard because we literally just would have came for that fight. Yeah, we we'd have been in out the door. I mean, imagine the people pay for the ticket. I, I was going to go to the Barclays if there was no UFC yesterday, mm-hmm. but I was like, do I really want to go for what's probably going to be a ten second fight? Yeah. Now that was another thing about the Tank Davis fight. It's like, what if he just knocks this guy out in about two rounds? I put myself through all this traffic. So. <laughs> yeah, just... be part of them. I mean, it depends who he's fighting. Who, who who's he gonna be fighting? I don't know. I don't know if they announced uh, an opponent yet. Or maybe they uh, did. I just don't remember. They just rented out this. They just got the space. Yeah, yeah. All and right. it's going down in like July. I want to say. Uh, mandatory Ricardo Nunez coming in July. Ricardo Nunez. Please. I mean, most most mandatories are garbage. So yeah, he might like, watch. Not not to not to shortchange Nunez, but I mean, he's seen it, like twenty one and two, nineteen knockouts. Uh, one knock uh one loss by knockout. His best win is probably Elvis Torres. Um, and I mean, yeah, Davis should steamroll the shit out of this guy. Yeah, so. Well, we'll we'll see. Now that's a quick mention to those of you. If you're in Maryland, uh, Tank Davis will be fighting uh, at the World Farms Arena in July. Uh, I don't think tickets are on sale yet, but you know, if you want to go see a hometown guy fight, keep your uh, eye open. I'm pretty sure those tickets will probably sell out pretty quick. So, uh, but you know, go to the World Farms Arena, have a good time. I may be there, may not, but yeah. So that that'll be a thing. But on to uh, news and notes for the week. Uh, like I said earlier, not the busiest week in news, but there are still a couple of notable fights and headlines, so I will just run these from the top. Uh, biggest fight announcement uh, that happened during the past week, uh, Max Holloway has his next title defense. Uh, he will be fighting Frankie Edgar at UFC 240. Um, I guess real quick, 
how how do you feel about Frankie getting the fight? Because I've saw I've seen people kind of split on this. Like, so for those who don't know, because I, I don't think we mentioned it. Um, I don't think we knew last week when we were recording. Alexander Volkanovsky is currently in like Chile on a hospital bed because he's a really bad blood infection. Um, that man was not going to be able to fight in July. And there, there is no reason he should fight in July. Um, and if Max Holloway was ready to go in July or August, and from what he said, he was ready to go, I, I don't see a reason why Holloway would have to wait for him. Feel me? Like, Holloway's ready. He's the champ. He wants to defend. That, that's what we want from champions. He's fighting someone who he's never fought before. Um... Who who's Edgar coming off a win over? Is it Cub? Yeah, I think so. Alright, so like okay, it's not like the best win. We just saw Cub lose to Shane Burgos, but like at the same time like it, Frankie is a known like he's he's a known fight like he's a known B sider for for Max. He is a former champion. He is probably I'm not gonna say like on the downside like even though, like he probably is physically, but like at the same time he's he's a fresh face for Max anyway. So like I I, I don't get the pro I don't get the problem. What like if Max wants to fight in July, let him fight in July, because you know if he wins he'll probably fight again in like October, which is where they're gonna do that big um, stadium card down in Australia. So like I I don't like we want guys to defend and then we want them to sit on the shelf and wait for the rightful challenge. Like, that's not how that works. You gotta pick one or the other. Yeah, I think if it... If it wasn't for the, um... If it wasn't for the blood thing, I could see why people would be angry. Because at that point, I probably would pick Volkanovski over Edgar. But, yeah, that, that kind of situation is, you know... You, know, you don't really want to mess around with that. And to to Frankie's credit, and can't believe a couple of years ago I would never defend Frankie. Um, <laughs> wasn't Frankie? I, I could be wrong here. My memory's hazy. Didn't after like the Yair Rodriguez paddling, wasn't he like next in line? And then oh yeah, he, no, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Max pulled. Um, they like I think Max I think Max pulled twice on that fight. Um, they were supposed to fight in December or November or something. Max got hurt. They moved it to February. Max got hurt. And then he and took then, the Ortega fight. And then Frankie, to save the car, took the fake, uh, the uh, the Brian Ortega fight. And yeah, we saw how that uh, yeah, saw how that turned out. Exactly. So, so he he was he was he was up there. I, I know we, Frankie's name because we've seen a lot of new faces at featherweight, and Frankie's name just sometimes it just kind of gets lost in the mix. But he he's been up there. So I'm not gonna be too mad at this. Like I said, if it if it wasn't for the if if Volkanovski was perfectly healthy and like they, they you know he didn't have this whole blood incident thing going on, then I I could see the outrage. But I'll I'll let this one slide. I'll let this one slide. I don't think Frankie's gonna win, uh, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but um, I'm 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 not gonna be too angry at it. And I'm pretty sure after that fight, Volkanovski will definitely be left in line because at that point. Assuming that Max is still champ, um, Max has pretty much dusted everyone else. So, but yeah, there, there, there is not a lot of bodies lined up after that. Um, yeah, 
So pretty much by default, Volkanovski will be. Yeah. So unless the beat fumbles against what's his face, uh, he who's he supposed to be fighting next? Ah, um, we talked about this. We uh, did, and it was a fight I was pretty excited for, and now I can't remember. <laughs> but Brian Ortega. So yeah. unless the beat uh, fumbles against Brian Ortega in uh, in August or July or whenever that fight's supposed to happen, like. There's really nobody left unless anybody here thinks that like Josh Emmett is is gonna you know right do the damn thing and climb up the rankings. But I mean, like we're still waiting on Yair Rodriguez to come back after his amazing fight with KZ. We're still waiting on KZ to come back. Uh, Bektik still up there, like but they're 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 still. A win or two away. Right. And that would have to be a pretty big win. So, yeah. so Volkanovski, he'll, he'll, I'm pretty sure he'll get a chance. Now, if he gets snubbed again for the second time in a row, then we can we can revisit this conversation. Yeah, but Unless Henry Cejudo beats Marlon Reich and calls out the featherweight <laughs> champion. Right. <laughs> and then they give it to him for some unex, like, un- inexplicable reason. Like, <laughs> And then he wins. And then he wins. And, <laughs> he, yeah, Volk is next. Right. <laughs> but... Yeah, but for now, I'll 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 calm down on that fight. But yeah, Max versus Frankie, that'll be going down at UFC 240. Um, at UFC Sacramento, we got a couple of fight announcements on that card. We'll have Darren Elkins versus Ryan Hall, uh, Sarah McMahon versus Nico Montano. Um, we we mentioned Nico a couple of times in the past recent podcast. So good to, good to see she still has a job. <laughs> um, and this will be at 135, uh, not 125. So we'll see how she does in uh, the weight class. And then we'll also have on that same card uh, Cynthia Calvillo versus Livia Hanada Souza, which is a fight I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, at UFC San Antonio, uh, we will have Alexi Olenek versus Walt Harris, Liz Carmouche versus Roxanne Montefiore, Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres against Steven Peterson. And Raquel Pennington versus Irene Aldana, who, like, just fought, like, three days ago. <laughs> so, she'll be back in action. Um, at UFC 239, we'll have Alejandro Perez versus Song Yedong. And at UFC 242, we'll have Bilal Muhammad versus Takashi Sato. Um, that is all I have for actual fight matchups. Um, for news headlines of the week... I'm pretty sure you guys have heard by now. If not, uh, Tyron Woodley is out of the Robbie Lawler fight due to injury. Everybody and their mom is throwing their name in the hat for that fight, and I don't blame them. Um, <laughs> for like, if you fight Robbie, for one, you know it's going to be a good time. Very possible that you get a fight bonus because it's just going to be one of those kind of fights. Um, well, hopefully, if you come out on the right end of it, but but nah. Um, I'll say for the Robbie sweepstakes, um, I'm all for Zaleski getting the number one bid. I wouldn't be mad at Ponzi. I'll take Ponzi uh, if there's no Zaleski. But if I had to pick, I'm going Zaleski. I want Zaleski, Robbie, and the the violent weight sweepstakes. Um, But we'll see how that goes. Um, USADA, you know, they're, they're back. They're finding people doing things, I guess, that they shouldn't be doing. Apparently, Neil Magny failed a post-fight test for, I'm going to butcher this, 
Did I even write the whole word down? Dihydroxy LGD forty thirty thirty. No, sorry, forty thirty three. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I just I just wrote it down. I don't know what that does. Um, but apparently it's something you shouldn't be doing. So um, let's see. Like that is a mouthful. Um, yeah, that's that's a lot. Uh, but the article I read, Neil, you know, you know, you know, you know, the fight of speech. You know, I'm in full cooperation with USADA. We'll get to the bottom of this, so on, so forth. I've always been transparent, so on, so forth. You guys know how the spiel goes. Um. So yeah, that that was the thing that happened. He was just a weird name for me to see. Like Neil Magny failed. Or... I don't know. All right, so apparently it's the the drug is also known as SARM, selective uh, andro androgen receptor modulator, uh, and it increases muscle muscle growth and strength. So this is not something that probably was just in a contaminated supplement. Mm. Well, I don't want to throw around accusations. So I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna wait till further findings till this all concludes. Uh, I guess you're just gonna say Magni's on the juice. I mean, yeah. The juice Who the isn't juice. on the juice. <laughs> the, the juice, the juice got loose again. The juice is always loose. <laughs> like, we, we need to stop pretending that it's not, because it is. It's MMA and like that baseball era back in the day where, like, we just assumed everybody was on it. It was just a matter of who got caught. No, they're, they're, like, in the same era where, like, everybody knew that Barry Bonds was on the juice, but nobody cared. We're, we're, we're past that era. We're on, the, we're on the era where everybody's on the juice, and we all know everybody's on the juice, so we're just waiting for them, like, that the, the dominoes to fall. <laughs> I was thinking of this the other day. Random side tangent, but kind of related to this. Um, I know you don't really watch. The NFL, but for anybody who's a football fan, um, the cornerback from the uh, the Cardinals, I think Patrick Peterson, uh, just got suspended for the first six game of the uh, six games of the season of the upcoming season for uh, failing, I guess, like a, whatever their drug test is for like PEDs. And I was thinking, like, why is it in other sports? I feel like nobody cares, but in MMA, we make like a huge. Like I've never, I've never heard in football like a player test positive for a PED, and then like he comes back the next season or whenever his suspension is over, and he finishes off the season really great, and nobody's like, oh, but it's the drugs, he's a cheater. Like we just chalk it up as oh, he just, he just had a great season. Um, but if like you're a fighter and you fail and you could come back and win your next five fights, even if you don't test positive again, and they'll always just hang that over your head. I think it comes down to a couple things like the 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 shift in focus from one on one to like a team sport where like the the fans are getting behind a brand more than they are getting behind like a player. Um. So like, if um, I, I don't I don't know a football player's name. Uh, fucking. Uh. Uh. uh Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady. If Tom Brady. <laughs> If Tom Brady was on the juice, and he probably is, let's be real. Uh, if Tom Brady was on the juice and, like, it came out, you know, other teams would probably hate him. 
like other like fans of other teams are probably I don't think the Boston slash New England fans would give a damn. Like maybe there'd be like a few old curmudgeonly types that are like, Oh, you're ruining the sport for the kids but like at the end of the day, as long as he puts Super Bowls um you know in the history books for the Patriots, like, who the fuck really cares, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm always... Hey, uh, also, real quick, um, I forgot. I, I think it's just the ass... Like, if, I, I think football is a way worse sport than, like, fighting for this type of stuff. Like, in terms of, like, just getting your brain rattled. But I, I think the connotation that you are you are actively trying to hurt another person doesn't help in MMA. Yeah, that is true. Like, Claudia Gadella, Claudia Gadella, of all people, after last week's, on Instagram, going on her, in her story, tweeting, that steroided freak is going to re- kill somebody in that ring if they don't stop her. Um, you know, glass houses and all that. But, like, that that's the connotation that comes with being on roids. Like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna kill somebody. Which, you know, Royce doesn't give you superhuman strength. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm always speaking from a place of ignorance because I don't really know. I, I don't know, like, the scientific breakdown of how, what these PEDs do. Everybody's using different stuff. Some people are using needles. Some, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff out there making people superhumans. But there's just, like, this part of me. The part of me that doesn't care is, like, even if you are juicing, yeah, it definitely, I, I'm not going to say it doesn't give you an advantage. It, it definitely, I, I can see how it does. But I, I have a hard time erasing somebody's entire career and just attributing it to, oh, he was on the juice. Because there's still other things about fighting that aren't, like, strength and, you know. Yeah, like, you still have to get in the gym every day and work. Right. And that that's kind of, I think, where I'm at for Jones, where it's like, has he probably used performance-enhancing drugs? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has. But there are just other things he does that I'm like, PEDs didn't make you do that. PEDs didn't have no reason. I can't chalk. I, I mean, uh, let's put this, Neil Magny is on PEDs, and he can't do half the shit John Jones does. Right. <laughs> so it's like, if PEDs made everybody so great, then we would ha- we should have way more John Joneses running around than we do. So, you know, they they yeah, they they play a part, but you can't erase somebody's entire career and just say they had no skill and it was all PEDs. Like PEDs aren't making you sharper, aren't making you fight smart. You can be super fast and super strong and still go in there and get flatlined because you just have like zero fight IQ and you just you don't uh, know what you're doing. I will say. I I think the arg I think the counter argument to that would be PDs maybe don't make you like sharper or more technically like skilled, but they do give you the energy to be in the gym longer. That is true. Yeah, and that's that's the other side of it where I'm like, if you were, if it wasn't for the PDs, would you be able to pull off his techniques? Because now you just you just have this abundance of energy. Right. But no, no, I wouldn't spend too much time on that. But yeah, just just to throw that out there, random PD conversation. But Neil Magny failed. We'll we'll see what comes of that. Um, Stop and, on the risk or a three year ban. Yeah, either or, no in between. 
no in between. And uh, last headline I got uh, Rachel Ostevich's husband, Arnold uh, Burden, Burdon, however you say it, nobody cares. Uh, he was sentenced to four years probation for the uh, domestic uh, uh, violence case that was a thing. Um, it's kind of wild. Just no jail time at all. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. So he, he got off easy. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. What what can you do? This is... No, I don't know. But, I don't know. He got punished some kind of way. Probably not to the fullest extent of what should have happened. But, uh, he got four years probation. So, I figured I'd mention that because that was a story that we did cover. And that was a, a thing. That was a pretty big story when it, when it did break. So, just wanted to, I guess, give closure to that. And, um... Now, I won't even save this for pardon shots and shout-outs. I'll just mention it now, because if you guys watched the fights last night, you saw it on the broadcast. Um, shout-out to Rashad Evans. He is now in the UFC Hall of Fame in the, I think it was the Modern Era Wing. I don't know which one. Doesn't matter. He's in the Hall of Fame anyway. Uh, so, shout-out to Rashad Evans in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'll forever who, hold it against him that he killed Chuck Liddell, but, you know. Hey, who didn't? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> At the end of Chuck Liddell's career, everybody killed him. Uh, Chuck Liddell is killing Chuck Liddell at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, no, like, good good, good, good on Rashad Evans being in the Hall of Fame. Like, he, he's a reminder for me that there was once a time in MMA when, like, 205 was, like, one of the most exciting divisions to watch. And he was a part of that time. And now it's... Now it's Ed fucking Herman, baby. <laughs> I mean... It's getting better, but it's not. It ain't. Back when, you know, we had Rashad and Rampage and, you know, Machida and a younger Shogun, all these other guys running around, you know, that, that era was, that was a good time. That was a good time for 205, man. We, we had a lot of special moments, a lot of, a lot of classic fights that happened in that division. Uh, Rashad Evans was uh, part of that conversation, so... So I've been out the loop for like a really long time when it comes to MMA fans. Like, I don't go on Sherdog or the Underground anymore. Do they still make Ricardo Arona jokes? Are those still things? Is he still surfing in a, on a beach in Brazil somewhere? Is that, is that a thing? Uh, I haven't seen him pop up in a... Weirdly enough, I mentioned him like last week when people were complaining about uh, the slam. Uh, right, right. We were all going to act like we didn't all jump out of our minds when <laughs> when Rampage almost powerbombed this man through a <laughs> through the arena. Uh, no, nah, I haven't, haven't heard of Rona Joe. I think he's... Uh, that's sad. There was, a, there was a three-year period where everybody thought the guy that beat John Jones was Ricardo Rona. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't heard his name in a while. But, um... Yeah, that's pretty much all I got for news uh, notes. Unless you got anything for missing. Uh, nothing good. I mean, I can check. Uh, I think we covered basically everything on, uh... Oh, actually, you know, I will say, uh, Bellator signed Phil Hawes. I'm excited for that. I think Hawes got the raw into the deal fighting in P... Uh, I don't even know if it was PFL or WSOF at the time. Freaking, he's, like, 3 or 4-0, and they have him fight Lewis Taylor, who ends up to go on to win their middleweight tournament. Like, come on. Uh, throw him into the wolves. 
Yeah, like, and then he gets, then he fights Julian Marquez on, like, Dana White's Contender Series or something, and, like, come on. Like, Marquez, like, he he was equally as young, but that's just a style that, like, that hard-headed, hard-to-take-down style where it's just a pro, like, a prospect, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be flustered and you're gonna be, like, wondering what you're doing wrong because the other guy isn't going away. Like, Marquez is a hard-ass man, like, but, uh, no, that's, that's basically it, like, I, I'm excited, I think Phil Ellis could potentially one day be, like, a top 10 middleweight, so, I'm, I'm excited for that. We'll see, chance, chance at redemption. Exactly. So. Oh, wait, we, oh, no, we talked about that fight last week, never mind. I was gonna say, do, do we mention Pacquiao Thurman? I was just like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> but all right, uh, so let's uh, let's get into some fights. Um, I'll start real quick with uh, Glory sixty five, uh, only because I only got a chance to see two of these fights. But uh, I will mention some of the other fights that I heard were good, and I'll recommend that you guys watch the card. It's on Fight Pass. Uh, everybody who I saw was watching. It seemed like they were having a good time. I was trapped at work for the majority of this card, so I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Um, but, anywho, uh, the main event of that card, uh, Glory 65, was Alex Pereira versus Jason Wilness. Uh, these two have fought various times before. Can't remember who beat who, but they they, they, they got a history. Uh, this fight did not last at all. Oh, and also for the Glory Middleweight title, for those who don't know. Um... So my story for this fight was I was in the uh, parking lot of Walmart. The co-main event had just ended, and I was like, man, I need to go in Walmart. I need to shop because I'm really hungry. I need to go get food so I can go home and eat. And I decided while I was in Walmart, I was like, let me just pull up Fight Pass and just watch this while I'm shopping. And I was in the frozen food section about to go get myself some nice green veggies. Um... And from the time I got in the frozen food section to the time I got to the end of the aisle, the fight was over. Um, Pereira came out, and he just dropped bombs on Wilness. Um, I think he dropped him twice, and then he KO'd him with a flying knee. Um, not a lot to analyze. The fight lasted a little over a minute. Pereira just absolutely destroyed him. Um, He's been a beast in glory at middleweight. I enjoy watching him fight. The man is a he is a destructive force. If you if you get a chance, go go watch the Alex Pereira fight. He's also the guy. If you guys see the highlights, uh, one of the gentlemen who did beat Israel Adesanya uh, once they were both kickboxers. Uh, Pereira's legit, man. That that dude that dude's legit. Um, yep. Um, I'm just trying to think like who else is there for Pereira? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and I thought, didn't I thought at one time he was going to go into MMA, but I yeah, like he was like I'm gonna go do Dano. Or he like he wanted to get into the UFC or something. Yeah, but, yeah, and then nothing never like I don't think ever anything ever came of it. Um, and he's like 35, so if he doesn't make the jump, I don't blame him. Like he like I like I was I was thinking this watching this fight because this is the third time they fought. Um, well, this is like 41. <laughs> yeah like Artem Levin's gone yeah and the thing is like Pereira at, at the time 
the time I remember like hearing about him was, you know, the Simon Marcus fight. And he came in the first time and I think he he bodied Marcus. Um, so yeah, and Glory, he doesn't I don't know who what else he has left to really like accomplish. Like he's fought um Yusri um Belgatti. Uh, I can't pronounce names, man. I'm I'm sorry to whoever is Dutch because I, I, I suck at names. But um he, he fought him three times and beat him twice, knocked him out, or stopped him twice, like Artem Levin's never gonna fight in glory ever again, probably. So uh, like it like middleweight and up at uh in kickboxing seems a lot like heavy uh middleweight and up in MMA where it's just like you got like eight guys who are really good and then it's everybody else. Yeah. And then the one guy who's champ is it just seems like he's so far ahead <laughs> of everybody else. And then but, again, like it just takes one guy figuring out how to beat him for it to just fall apart. Yeah. We'll see though, man. Pereira Pereira's a beast, so go back. If you got fight pass, you can go back on uh Go back and check that out. Uh, co-main event, Marat Gregorian versus Sitachai Sitch, Sit Chong Pinyong. I heard that name pronounced a bunch of times. I thought I could get it. I tried. <laughs> but, um, Sit Chong Pinyong? Yeah, yeah, see. You got it. <laughs> I struggled. But, um, no, nah, this this was an awesome fight, man. Sitachai, he, he lost, which is kind of wild because he's just been winning a lot lately. Just. I think he hasn't lost in like three years. Uh, his last loss was to um, somebody who actually Gregorian beat, uh, Superbond. And that was when? in like Kunlun fighting. But yeah, that was like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Sidichai, if you've been watching his glory run, he's just been out here. just He's just been winning. Um, but nah, man, uh, Gregorian put on a really good fight. Uh, I was watching this fight while I was waiting in the long drive through ATM line at my bank. <laughs> so I just sat and, and watched this. But, um... Oh man, like Sidichai just couldn't get a. I feel like he couldn't really just get a lot off. Like it almost seemed like he was just kind of coasting, and then when, by the time he was falling behind, like there wasn't really much to do to get back in the fight. Um, Gregorian just kept good pressure on him. He was landing more. Um, it was a great like kind of technical fight. I don't, I don't remember anything like super crazy happening, but then my memory is kind of hazy. But I just remember Gregorian just, just really Gregorian getting... knocked him down. Oh, yeah, 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 he did. He did. He did knock him down. Like, Gregorian was just, like, he was, he was like, super, like, laser-focused in that fight. Like, he was really trying to... And I think he just, he had a good start, and he just kind of kept that momentum going. And for, for Sidichai, like, basically by the time the fifth round rolled around, it's like, dude, you, you might need a knockout punch to, to end this. And Sidichai is not really, uh, you know, he can catch you flush, but he's not really out here like one-shot KOing dudes. So congrats to Gregorian, though, man. That was a really good performance. Uh, went the distance all five rounds. Um, like I said, Sidichai was a guy who's just been out here just winning, and Gregorian finally, finally was able to get that belt. So uh, Marat Gregorian is your new glory lightweight champion. Um I feel like these two will probably end up fighting again somehow, but um. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, you can fight each other like ten thousand times. Right. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll 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 probably see them two cross paths again. But that was a that was an awesome fight. Um, 
other fights I'll mention, uh, Donovan Wise beat uh, Usuri Bell. I think this was the guy you just mentioned, whose name I already can't say. Uh, Usuri Balguri. Uh, he won via decision. Uh, oh, I did see this fight. Uh, another fight, that, which rounded out the main card, uh, Ivan Dannenberg uh, versus Yassine Agan. Uh, Dannenberg caught him with a nice knee to the body to end that fight. It looked pretty painful. Um now I'm lasted one round, so you can go back and watch that. That was the main card. The one other uh, fight I'll mention on this card, uh, Tajani Bazzotti and Josh Jouncey. I wanted to see that fight, but I need to go back and watch it. I heard it was really good. Uh, I like Bazzotti. I like, I like how he fights. Um, also at lightweight. So I heard that was a fun fight. Uh, Tajani beat him via unanimous decision. Uh, so I'll have to go back and watch a lot of this card. But if you have fight pass, Go back and watch uh, Glory 65. You can watch the entire card on Fight Pass. So that was a thing. So that's Glory 65. It was pretty dope. Go watch it. Glory 66 in June, everybody. Just saying. Coming right back around. You know who's uh, who's headlining that one? Uh, Cedric, uh, Cedric Dumbe versus uh, Alim Nebiev. They also, uh, for the welterweight title, they also have Artem Vakitov defending his light heavyweight title against Donagi Abena. And uh, super bandweight te- uh, champion Anissa Mexen is going to defend against Sofia Olofsson. There we go. That's a so good you card. Got three title fights. There you go. I'm 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 just gonna say I'm happy they ditched the um the tournament on every card format. Uh, like I haven't been paying close attention to Glory, so I don't know when they uh when when that became a thing. Like when they stopped doing that, but I'm really happy they did because like. I like a good tournament, but like if you have one on every card, and it's always a one night thing, it doesn't feel really potent. Yeah, and then you run into the danger of you just keep seeing the same faces, right, over and over. So it's good to just switch the matchups around. Just make I mean, keep, it, keep things interesting. Yeah, like I get it. It makes matchmaking a lot easier if you can just throw four dudes in a tournament and be like, okay, fight it out. Who gets to be the champion? Who gets to fight the champion? Whatever. But at the same time, like, like you said, the same guys kept on winning, and it kind of just felt like a formality at one point, and right. they were just putting people in there to put them in there, and they had no business being in there. Um, uh, you you throw Robin Van Russ Moulin in a tournament, you know he's winning, right? <laughs> or he's at least getting to the finals. Or like you get like a freak accident, and like somebody gets their eye cut, or they can't make it to the final bout, and then you're out of like. The guy who you thought was gonna win is not gonna is not even in the finals because of a freak accident or something. Yeah. And you can only hope, which we'll probably never see again. Way back in the day, probably one of my favorite nights of combat history when Andy Risty knocked out uh, Petrosian and <laughs> Ross Mullet in the same night. Dude, that was crazy yeah. to see live. That was, yeah. Man, I don't know. I can't remember what glory that was back in the day, man. That was, that was a while ago. But they, yeah, that that was a night like, I'll never forget that, cause, I think that was when I first started really, kind of getting like myself familiar with kickboxing, and I remember people telling me how good Petrosian was, and but I'd never seen him fight before, and people were like, oh, he's like the Anderson Silva of, of kickboxing. I'm like, oh, so I was like super hyped to watch this fight, and I go, I watch it, and he just gets mauled. <laughs> like, 
And I think he was number one. He was ranked number one, and then Russ Mullen was like number two. Yeah, that yeah, that was a wild. That was a wild night. Um, go back and watch that. That was a classic. But that was Glory sixty five. Um, so I know real quick. Uh, I know you were like slightly watching one <laughs> while we were recording. Oh yeah, I saw the uh, the stoppage. Uh, Lee and Aoki. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so we'll we'll just uh, get to it. So um, I got a chance to watch most of this card. Uh, don't think Antaku didn't get to see as much. Um, so I want to spend a lot of time on it, but I'm lying. So I'm, I might rant a little bit because it was a really good card. Um, I am only gonna stick to the main card, but I guess real quick. Um, on the undercard, shout outs to Gary Tonin. He did get a win over Yoshiki Nakahara. Um, he caught him in a nasty, I think that was a knee bar. I can't remember the knee bar, like one of those. I can't remember, but uh, it looked painful, uh, regardless. So he is now, I think, like four and zero. Um, shout out to Miyamaguchi on the undercard. She got a nice first round armbar. She dominated uh, Laura Berlin, and I think that's. Uh, and for anybody cares on the kickboxing front, uh, Joe Nottawood. Um, actually, no, yeah, I will mention that because he's in their featherweight uh, Grand Prix tournament. So uh, Joe Nottawood uh, TKO'd uh, Sasha Moisa in the featherweight uh, kickboxing world Grand Prix quarterfinal. So that was the uh, some of the prelims. Main card of one championship, Enter the Dragon. I still can't believe they never used this title before. But anywho, <laughs> main Blank event. Blank <laughs> Right. <laughs> but... The main event, man, Shinya Aoki versus Christian Lee. One championship has wanted Christian Lee to be a champion for the longest time. And he finally he pulled it off, man. And I, I got to give him props because at the beginning of this fight, Aoki was getting a hold of him pretty easy, and he took him down. I was like, oh, boy, it's going to be one of them, you know. Like, Lee had his chance, and then it's just going to be taken away. And he managed to get out of some tough spots, man. Aoki had him in an arm bar that I thought was going to end it. And, boy, Lee fought tooth and nail <laughs> to get out of that arm bar. Like, he did everything in his power, and he managed to get out of it. Um, it, it was kind of wild just watching Aoki be able to get in on him. But Lee kept kept finding ways to get out. He was in dangerous spots, but he, he got out of them. And then in the second round... Uh, he caught Aoki, I want to say, with like a left that staggered him. And then he just kind of bum-rushed him. Um, caught him with some ground and pound, and it was over. Um, how'd you feel about the stoppage? You think it was early? or? Yeah, Aoki was literally just standing up as he, as Lee was swarming him. Like, he, I, I, I don't have a good angle on like you know his eyes to see if they were like glazed over. Because he does kind of bob a little bit. Um, on the ground, like, like, not like Bob is in, I, I'm slipping these punches, like Bob is in, like, oh, my head went limp for a quick second. Right. But he, like, he's in the middle of standing up, um, when the ref pulls Lee off of him. So I, I don't know how much of that is, uh, you know, the, the ref jumping the gun or him just seeing something that I not, I'm not able to see from that angle. Somebody was in his ear like, listen, if Lee has a moment, you give him this belt. <laughs> I, I wouldn't surprise me if that was the case either. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say... Um, the, the funniest part to me is Aoki like, 
playfully slapping Lee in the face after the fight. <laughs> you can tell he is he is not happy. Yeah. Like, it, it is very much a good for you slap. And I mean, not, not a, a, I'm genuinely happy for you. And you you feel for Aoki because like it, it, there was that one point where like it looked like I don't think he was done, but it was like, man, he you know. Yeah. He had a couple of those performances where it's like, oh man, he might be on his last, you know, he might be on his last leg. And then he's kind of had like this mini like resurgence, so to speak. Um, I think for me, it was a, only because it was like a title fight. I, I, I tend to think you, you should give the champ a little, I think they earn like that extra couple of seconds. Right, right. Um, to see if they can, you know, see if they can pull it out, see if they can recover. Um, but I guess I'm all, I'll be okay with it because Aoki didn't complain about it. But I, I would have liked it see to go liked it to go a couple of more seconds. But it is what it is. Um, Christian Lee went in there. He did his job. So he is the lightweight champ of the world. Angela Lee is still the strawweight champ. Uh, no, I lied. Adam Weight, right? Yes. Yeah, Adam Weight. She went up to strawweight. Things didn't uh, go well. Well, they went well for like three rounds and then. We talked about it, but yeah. <laughs> anywho, uh, get ready for a lot of promo of Christian Lee and Angela Lee from one championship. Brother, sister champions, they're about to shove that down our throats. I don't blame them. I know, I, 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 you know, I foresaw this happening, so that, that'll probably be a thing. But congrats to Christian Lee, man. Awesome performance. Came out, got the win. Uh, he is now your new lightweight champion at one championship. Uh, co-main event, man. All of the kickboxing fights on this card were fire. Um, Nikki Holskin versus Regen uh, Ursel. Um, this was for the lightweight uh, title over at one. And kickboxing, not, you know, MMA. Because they, they throw every kind of fight on one card. <laughs> but yeah, like, can, we, can we talk about the kickboxing side of this card? What the hell happened? Because um, it seems like all the kickboxers... That I knew, lost. <laughs> like, like guys who like. Speaking of Giorgio Petrosian losing right. again. <laughs> yeah, this this was the card where like all of the big names, all of them lost, right? <laughs> and man, it sucks for. I'll get to it because these fights are listed three in a row, so I'll get to them. Um. Nikki, Nikki, and well, first I'll just say Nikki Holskin versus Regen Arcel was an amazing fight. Um, if you did not get a chance to watch, uh, good, good on one championship. They posted these fights pretty fast to their YouTube page, so I know that Nikki uh, versus Arcel is on the YouTube page. So go watch that. And, and if you're in the Dojo Talk podcast Facebook group, I think I posted it on there. But um, now it was an amazing fight, man. These two went back and forth, and Nikki was. Nikki looked really good for about the first three rounds. Maybe about the first first two and part of the third. And then Ursel started getting some body shots off. And it just seemed like Nikki kind of slowed down. And he was just able to just get his way back in the fight. And I'm but they were trading, man, like throwing combinations, dudes are getting hit, getting rocked. Like it was it was a really good fight, and it just it felt like one of those fights that Nikki could have won because he started off so well, but I think he did drop like the last couple, 
and it was like, man, Nikki, like you were right. It, it was such a good fight. Like you feel for him. It's like, man, you were right there. But Ursel was game, man. Like it was, it was an amazing just back and forth. By like the fifth round, it was like dudes are just running on fumes at this point, but they're still out here just, just throwing. It was. I wish I could give more specifics because I didn't get a chance to really rewatch this uh, as much as I did the UFC card. So it's not as fresh in my fresh in my mind as I like it to be, but it oh boy, it was such a good fight, man. Probably is I'm not gonna say fight of the year, but it's probably one of the best fights I've seen this year. It it was really really good. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I want to see it because freaking well, has has Holmes been kickboxing since he did the whole uh, WBSS boxing tournament thing? Yeah, he, he um, who did he fight before this? I feel like he fought like once after that that thing happened. Hmm. But he's been okay, like because it, it's weird. Yeah, his, but, his, but, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say his glory run ended kind of like flat. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm watching him here. He looks like he's like he's much more fluid, much less hesitant. Yeah, like he was. Yeah, fluid. He looked smooth. He looked comfortable. Um. Yeah, I think it, I think I want to say it was that just that third round he started getting caught with like body shots and you you could see just the tide of the fight started to turn. But yeah, he was a big he was one of the three big names on this card that 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 went uh that went down. Um, but props to Region man. I, these two I'm pretty sure will have to fight again because that that fight was too good to have them not rematch. But we'll we'll see how that goes. But Region Ursel is the uh, kickboxing lightweight champ over at one championship. So, Nikki was the first big kickboxing name that went down. The next name that went down, which, who was the favorite to win uh, the featherweight tournament, uh, Giorgio Petrosian, uh, fought Petch, uh, Maroc, uh, Petchy, Petchy D. I'm going to say that wrong. I'm just going to call him Petch. <laughs> but, um, so I, I will say for this fight, it went to split decision. I didn't rewatch this fight. I think I only did watch it the first initial time. I think I did give it to Petrosian. It was a really close fight. Um, and as a couple of people I saw posted on Twitter, probably one of the more like aggressive performances I've seen from Petrosian. Because he, in the times I've seen him fight, he's like a super technician, but he doesn't really like rush anything. It seemed like in this fight, he was really like going for it. Um... I don't know. It was a close fight. I guess you could argue either way. I thought Giorgio won it, but uh, apparently Patch did enough on the judges' scorecards. I mean, he did. I'm not going to say like he, he got washed. Like, it was definitely a really competitive fight. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of people saying Petrosian should have won the fight. I, yeah, I, I thought Petrosian should have won. Um, it was close, but I, to me, I just... I felt like Petrosian was edging him, and I thought, to me, he was... He was pushing the fight more, he, which was, like I said, weird. Because I've seen him be very, like, defensive at times. And it seemed like in this fight, he was like, no, nah, I'm trying to, like, I'm really trying to make a point. And, yeah, I know, he just, yeah, he dropped a split decision, man. I just, it was just one of those fights where it's like, yeah. And it sucks because, well, you know what, I'm not going to say it sucks. Because the story of tonight, uh, or of that night, the fight that everybody wanted to see and I think we're going to get to see anyway, uh, was uh, Petrosian versus uh, Yatsenkla, which is a fight that everybody wanted to see for the finals. Unfortunately, both of them lost. 
So I'll just get on to the next fight. Um, Yasin Klafertex versus uh, Sami Sana. Um, boy. <laughs> if you ru- they just ruined one, they just ruined the fuck out of the seventy yeah. kg <laughs> rankings. Just took a goddamn sledgehammer to it. Yeah, like, and it's crazy because if, if you've watched uh, Yasin Klein one so far, the man has been just like a wrecking machine. Like he's just been out here just handling business, and he ran into a dude who was not not playing games and this was another fight that was really awesome to watch but boy sammy sammy was taking it to uh he took it the austin cloud man like and i I, this wasn't like the petrosian fight where it's like oh man you know petrosian you know arguably won that fight like yeah yasin cloud lost this fight like i love i love yasin cloud he he took an l like (laughs) sammy was just really long really rangy um he rocked Yasin Clark. I think he put him down a couple times, I want to say. Um, dude just went out there, man. He was just game. Like, I've never... At least in the one fights I've seen Yasin Clark in, I haven't seen him fight somebody who really took it to him like this. Like, Sammy really went out there and just kind of... He just he handled business, man. And, I mean, it was a competitive fight, but... You just see how strong Sammy was. Like, just some of those shots he was landing, it was like, oh, man, I've never seen Yasin Cloud get hit this hard before. Like, <laughs> and by, by the time that second and third round rolls around, it's like, oh, man, he's he's really going to lose. And, boy, Sammy, yeah, Sammy, Sammy Sano was game. So the the Giorgio uh, Petrosian Yasin Cloud fight that we all wanted in the finals will not be happening. But, I mean, since they both lost, no, it, they can fight each other now. I don't see why not. <laughs> like, <laughs> unfortunately, it won't be for a title. But you know, because I, I almost feel like it would have been worse somehow if like one of them would have won and the other would have lost. Right. And it would have delayed it. But they both lost. So now you can just all right. Now y'all can just fight. But unfortunately, it won't be for five rounds. It'll just be for three unless we make y'all. I, I don't know. I can't remember if one does five round main events. If they're not title fights, I don't, I don't know how that works. But um, nah, uh, another just awesome fight. But yeah, the big the big three man, Petrosian, Yasin Kla, and Nikki Holskin all went down. Wild night, but great great fights nonetheless. Um, I'm gonna save Sage for last. I'm gonna skip down one fight real quick. Um, cause I think I can't remember, I think it was you who mentioned this guy when the brackets first got announced for the lightweight tournament and now we're switching back to MMA <laughs> and won. Um Amir Khan versus Saigi Goosen Arsen Light Oh that's three the, different the names. man with the, the, the thousand letter name, yeah. yeah. Arslan Aliyev. Let's say that. Um Yeah boy he uh Yeah he he's uh he a beast. <laughs> yeah yeah, he got he got Amir Khan out of there within a round. Uh, he advances in the lightweight tournament. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, this is the, the this is the same dude who beat the dude who beat Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, he's a he a problem. He's a he's a man on a mission out here. Been eye on him, and uh, I don't know what side of the bracket he's on. I don't know who he's getting next, but um, yeah, that that guy's good. Uh, so. 
he got Amir Khan out of there. Um, I guess I'll just mention this fight. I didn't know it was a part of the Flyweight World Grand Prix alternate. Uh, Kim Q-Sung. Um, oh, sorry. He lost. Uh, Kim Q-Sung lost to uh, GJ Estequio uh, via unanimous decision. And now I'll just skip back up. Well, just around all the main card. Uh, Miao Litao defeated Dejmrong Sor Amu Sirichoke via KO in round one. Uh, but skip back up. Sage Northcutt, Cosmo Alessandre. Um, if you saw the highlight of the fight, you pretty much saw the entire fight. Because <laughs> not much else happened. Talk about ROI, man. Oof. Return yeah. on investment, because... Yeah. Mm, you own, so, one spends 2018, the end of 2018 anyway, signing and trading for... Some big names from the UFC, or it's not big names, like at least big talent. They get, they get Eddie, they get DJ, and they get Sage, and now two of them have lost in their very first fights in the promotion. And I just lost. They got. Yeah, no, they got merged inside the first round. Yeah. Um. Why did? I I don't know why. This fight was made. Um, I, I I know why, but I don't know either. Like, on paper, and for people who don't know, uh, if Cosmo's name doesn't ring a bell, um, very good kickboxer, one of the best Brazil I've ever <laughs> produced. Yeah. So, and I I I'll save it because I kind of have a spiel about this fight, but I'll talk about the fight first. I'll go on the spiel, but. Yeah, point being, if if you know Cosmo's background, I, I don't think he's had a ton of MMA fights, but just in terms of combat sports in general, it's not like this man is out here just some scrub. Like, dude is a very high-level kickboxer, and it's not like we've never seen Sage get, get rocked before. Like, Sage got hands put on him by Mickey Gall, of all people. Um, so, him losing this fight wasn't surprising. I didn't think he'd get... I didn't think it'd be so devastating. <laughs> but, like, on paper, I see why they booked this fight. Sage versus Cosmo, you know they're both going to stand. Probably not a lot of takedowns going on in this fight. We're just going to get a fun, nice, rock'em, sock'em. One of those. Hindsight, 50-50. You kind of look at Sage's history. You look at Cosmo's experience as a striker. And then you look at the other people who who Sage, even if he's beaten them, has been like clipped by, and it's like, is this too big a step up? Like a bad style matchup, you know? In every sense of the word, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like here's like, and for I guess the thought pro- I don't know if this was the thought process on one's end, but it certainly seems like it for people who thought like Sage was gonna go in there and win. Oh, Sage could just take him down because he's a kickboxer slash Muay Thai fighter, and it's just like Cosmo Alexander's like a purple belt in jujitsu. Like, he probably would have been fine with Sage Northcutt on top of him, because you know Sage Northcutt is not all that great of a top wrestler. He hits pretty hard, but he, he, he's not a great positional grappler. Has to work on that defense. Has to work on that everything. At this at this point, like I want to say, we have to give up on Sage ever being UFC champion. 
But we should probably give up on Sage ever being UFC champion. <laughs> <laughs> He's just too wholesome for this sport, damn it. Yeah. And, like, I, I like Sage. He's talented, athletically gifted, but it's, like, the flaws that he has are, like, glaringly bad. And it's, like, if you don't fix these soon, um, because you've been around for a little bit now. Still relatively young. Still obviously grow and improve. But you've had a couple run-ins now. You've been around the block a couple times. This this can't happen. <laughs> like, at least it shouldn't happen this badly. Like it's yeah. been five years since he's been fighting pro, and like he's been fighting at least uh, as an amateur since he was like twenty thirteen. So like he, he he should be better. I think he and I, I haven't watched his amateur career, but I'm I'm gonna assume that he's probably gotten by a lot just on his athleticism. Mm-hmm. And. That'll carry you only but so far. Um, and for anybody who didn't see the fight, not not a ton happened uh, until Sage. I think he was going for a jab, and Cosmo caught him over the top with a right hand and completely just... Shattered his orbital in eight places. Yes. Faceplanted him, too. That didn't help. Uh, put... Not 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 KO the year, but you know, you put him up there in honorable mentions. It, it was a mean face plant. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, this is probably the most I've seen a, people talk about a one fight. So from that perspective, good for one. But like, you spent all this money trying to get on U.S. television by buying all this U.S. talent. And you, uh, all you've done so far is bury him. Like uh, to be fair, Eddie Alvarez, like you, you can, you should have matched him up with anybody because he's a, he's a former world champion. He is legitimately, a, he was legitimately a top five fighter when he got there. But with Sage, like this, this, if this was a fight made by the UFC, we would have called it a trap fight. Yeah. Yep. There's no or like, or like, uh, Sean Shelby just doesn't like you fight. All right. <laughs> he, he he can't get you out of here, but he's looking for an excuse, and this this is gonna be the one. This will this will be the reason he doesn't call your phone Monday morning. Yep. Yeah. Um. So my spiel. Now I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because we still got to get to Wilder and then the the UFC card, but um. <laughs> I posted this on Twitter. Like people, it's oh, it's oh, it's okay. Uncle Dana isn't gonna hurt you. He's not gonna call you a goof, or maybe he will, but you can ignore him. Like they're they're good fighters outside of the UFC. Like that's the thing. That is it's a reality. It's it's life. That is a a fact of life. As much as people, for whatever reason, like to deny it. And I only bring this up because I saw a lot of people saying like, oh. And somehow they threw DJ in this category. And you guys know if you listen to the podcast, I've never been a DJ fan. But, you know, I, I, I will defend if right is right. I, I won't drag his name through the mud for no reason. Uh, I, I saw people saying like, oh, they sent over Eddie, uh, Sage, and DJ because they were all 
over the hill and washed and so on and so forth. And I feel like people made it a conversation as to say, like, oh, they, they made it to more of a thing where, like, oh, these fighters are washed more than it was like, oh, maybe these other guys and other organizations are actually good. Yeah, like, and there, I, I, I've talked about it before, there's something to be said about facing the consistent quality of competition the UFC offers that forces you to be on your game. But, like, Eddie Alvarez came from somewhere. Jacare and Yoel Romero and Luke Rockhold and Alistair Overeem and all these guys start somewhere else. Everybody at lightweight. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody at lightweight. Like, freaking Khabib was how like what was Khabib's record when he finally got to UFC? He was like like, like fourteen and fifteen or fifteen and 0. Yeah, something crazy like that. Like, yeah, I I get it. I get like here's the thing. There are no leagues. You're just promoters. Like you're not you're you're not this is like this isn't the NBA. You're you're fighting one person who they put in front of you and they are the best that they can offer at that time. Like the UFC that happened yesterday happened in a minor league hockey stadium. <laughs> Aspen Ladd, who is a ranked Women's bantamweight was warming up in the lobby next to the elevators. There is no major league in MMA. There is no major league in combat sports. There are top fighters, and there are promoters who pay them money, and that's it. Yeah. People are good everywhere. People. Like these are people who train with people who. Or in the UFC. Like, they're not going to be bad. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like because you're not in the UFC, like you just train at the local mom and pop gym. Like, <laughs> you know, you're just out here at the McDojo just going yeah. in. Like, not every fighter at ATT is fighting in the UFC. That's, right. Not every fighter training at Greg Jackson's is in the UFC. Shoot, when, when, when Team Alpha Male was like, making their run as, like, a collective, they were scattered all over the place. You had, like, half of them in the UFC. Uh, they were all in, like, the WC when that was a thing. Then you had Lance Palmer. He went over to WSOF. Like, they had guys everywhere. Tachi Palace fights. Right. Like, they're, they're good fighters everywhere. And I'm not saying, like, you know, fighter for fighter, like, one would beat the UFC. But... It's just to say that the top guys in any organization at any day of the week could come over and fight a top guy or even a middle-of-the-road guy in the UFC. They can get a win. That's all I'm saying. Not saying they're world beaters. Not saying they're, like, the GOATs. But Yeah, like, no one's saying Christian Lee is going to go into the UFC and be the dude to give Khabib his first loss. Right. But you're telling me he couldn't be competitive with Lando Venata? Right. Like, come on. Yeah. Put, put put respect on uh on people's names out here. It's it's okay to admit that there are good fighters outside of UFC. I don't I just I I'll never understand why people just like they have such a hard time admitting I don't know, it's weird. It's just weird. I don't it's like brand loyalty. I I don't know. It is weird. Do, I just I don't understand. Can, can we talk about that real quick? Brands are not your friends. 
Right. <laughs> like, and I think this carries over from like team sports, where like everybody get like you know a team is basically just a brand. You know, if you're a a, a Los Angeles Lakers fan, you're you're behind the brand, and that's basically it. But like, the UFC isn't your friend, guy. Like, they're a brand. Like, PBC is not, like, a team. They're a brand. Right. <laughs> right. This isn't like you're rooting for, you know. Yeah, it's, that's why it's just weird. Like, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. It's like, and this is, like, we've seen it more in boxing, especially since the PBC came around, where, like, you got the defenders and you got the detractors. And, like, that forces people to become, like, top rank or golden boy. It's bizarre. Like, dude, it's a company. And at the end of the day, just to make it simplistic, you're just depriving yourself of watching a bunch of other good fighters that you could be paying attention to. I ain't yeah. saying you you got to watch every single organization, but, you know, there's other talent out there. We'll, and we'll, we'll get to it when we talk about the UFC card. Everybody's going to jump on the uh, Michelle uh, Pereira bandwagon. He didn't start out in UFC. He, uh, he, he's had crazy highlights way before he came over here. This man was doing backflips off cages in the middle of fights. Right. In Road FC. So, you know, just just something to go 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 meditate on that. <laughs> just go go think about all the the garbage you guys. I was not gonna say all you guys. Some some go, people I've seen. Go support regional MMA, you fucks. There you go. Go to the show. Buy an iPay per view. Freaking like their Facebook. Do something. Support the cause. But uh, that was one championship. Enter the dragon. Uh, like I said, keep keep an eye on One Championship's YouTube page. Some of these fights have gotten uploaded pretty fast. Um, so go watch any fight you see from this card because it's going to be good. Um, you know, uh, as I'll continue to say, I don't know what One is doing with this TNT deal. But just in terms of just the product and the quality of the fights, they they just seem to deliver. They They've been they've been on point lately, man. I've really, really been enjoying that card. So. That was one championship, Man of the Dragon. It was awesome. So go back and watch it. And uh, before we get to the UFC, let's uh, well, we didn't have to talk about this too long because it didn't last that long. But <laughs> Deontay Wilder and Dominic Brazil. Um, to give you guys a, a idea of how quick this fight went, um, I was at a little little mini get together to watch this. And there was a gentleman who came through a little late. Um, I think he was literally just coming just to watch the main event. The rest of us were there watching the undercard. Um, by from the time the fight started till the time the guy called to say he was outside, till the time the door opened, the fight was over. That's how quick <laughs> this fight went. Um. I'll let you have crack at this first. Um, Dominic Brazil has now fought for two world titles. And I don't know how. Because he's not very good. 
not even not very. He's not good. His best skill is being punched in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't say. I'm not try. Like I'm trying to be like not mean about it, but it's true. Like his uh, his big win before um he beat what's his face um crap. Uh, what, what, did he beat, um, Molina? Or, or am I confusing him with somebody else? I honestly do not know. I wasn't really too familiar with him before. Yeah, he beat Eric <laughs> Molina. So his big win before he fought, um, Anthony Joshua was Amir Mansoir. And he only won because Mansoir broke his jaw in the fight he was winning. In, like, the fifth round. And he just couldn't fight anymore. Like, yeah, it, like that man Brazil got paid millions of dollars to go out there and knocked out in two minutes and seventeen seconds, and, and I'm boy not did he I'm, uh yeah like I'm not try I'm not trying to pile on because Jim Gray did that last night where he was like nobody wants to see you fight Dominic Brazil, and then Brazil refused to speak with him afterwards because he felt belittled and I, I can't blame him. Like, <laughs> Like, you know, this, this man's out here chasing his dreams and you're just shitting on him, but, like, he's not wrong. Yeah, he's not. Like, this is the, this is the state of heavyweight boxing. Like, the top three guys don't want to fight each other, and we're left with Deontay Wilder knocking out Dom, the Dominic Brazils of the world. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, that's another one for the highlight reel, because... Was that 40 now? He's 41 and 0. No, what, 40 knockouts? Yeah. <laughs> Wilder is the best. Wilder has the best right hand in the history of, uh, like, boxing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, maybe other guys are more versatile with it. Maybe they got better timing. Maybe they got better. Maybe they fall better competition. But if Wilder puts that right hand on you, you're going to die. And. I don't know, you probably would know this better than I. Yeah, I'm going to assume you've probably seen more Wilder fights than I have. I feel like, even though not a lot of analyzers only lasted a minute plus, I thought he looked like a little cleaner. Like, his technique looked a little... I mean, that's, that's the cleanest right hand I've ever seen yeah. land. But I, I think that's in part because Brazil is just basically a bootleg version of him. Like, Brazil is not very good either. Boy, Deontay, I mean, there ain't really a lot to describe in the fight. Like, a couple jabs from Wilder. He threw a really hard right that, like, stunned him, backed him up. He swarmed him. Brazil's one moment was when he had this little flurry to, like, back Wilder up. And he, like, flailed, I think, a couple of overhands. And Wilder, like, backed up for a little bit. And like, they were like... ESPN tweeted out a slow-motion uh, version of the knockout. And you can see just parts of uh, Brazil's body just shut down. Yeah, yeah. Like first his pain, then his arms, and his legs, then his torso. Yeah. When that one-two landed, it sounded like a shotgun went off. Like <laughs> he got, and it was like I don't even know why they counted. Like, yeah, no, that should have been like instantly get this man some help. Yeah, get, his, get the mouthpiece out before he starts choking on it. Yeah. They didn't need to count for that. Like, the way he just hit the ground, 
his whole face shifted over for one. And when he just collapsed, it was like, bro, we don't need to. There's no counting here. He's de- he's dead. Like, get get him out of here. Um, you know what? I- I'll give Wilder this. He moved his head on that right hand because Brazil was throwing something. It wasn't gonna land even if he didn't move. But I mean, that's never been one of his issues. But like, you know, there are there are heavyweights who uh, who are very much more stand and bangy in terms of just I'm going to. Stay on the straight line, and Wilder got all types of torque on that. All right. Whew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, I just just make the fucking Joshua fight already. Make the Fury rematch. Let's find out who the best heavyweight out there right now is, so we can all just move on with our lives. Doesn't doesn't Joshua fight soon? Uh, Joshua fights on the first. He's going to be fighting Andy Ruiz, who is another name Jim Gray brought up during the interview <laughs> and completely shat on for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, Usyk is fighting soon. Uh, who, if he if he can take a punch at heavyweight, like he doesn't, he's obviously not going to be able to take whatever the fuck water just hit. Um, Brazil with, but if he could, you know, if he can hang, if he can hang in there, he, he's going to be an interesting one because he is the best pure boxer out of the, out of the four. Um, I gotta watch him. I've been hearing his name, but I, I haven't seen many of his fights. He won the World Boxing Super Series cruiserweight uh, tournament, basically beating out literally all the other best cruiserweights in the division. Uh, Olympic gold medalist. Like, I, 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 I want to say calling him like a two hundred pound version of um, Vasily Lomachenko, saying, selling him and his like little peculiarities short, but like that, that the dude, the dude can dance, for a man his size. Like nobody should be that size and be able to move like he does, for for twelve rounds. Huh. Um. Yeah, like, there's, there's not a whole bunch to say about this other than, like, Wilder hits hard, and we already knew that. Yeah. I think, uh... uh, uh matter of fact, there is something to talk about. Can we talk about the fact that Wilder admitted he's trying to murder people in the <laughs> ring? <laughs> he came close. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. Yeah. See, the thing that's gonna stop him is there's nobody tough enough to eat the shot. And you don't, you're probably not going to die from one punch unless your head just snaps when it hits the ground. Well, he's got he's to hit him with some light ones first. Beat him up and then knock him out. Give him a little pep, pepper him a couple times. But, well, the, the other person just has to take a beating. Is what I'm getting at. Like, Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I would. Not enough money you could pay me to take a hit like that. That's one of those things I, I don't ever want to know what that feels like. I mean, it probably feels like nothing. Because your brain instantly just shuts down. I just feel like when you wake up, your head is probably like... You're probably lost. Yeah. Like, you you woke up then that next second, you forgot your name, your birthday, your kids. Like, <laughs> I don't ever want to know what it feels like to get hit that hard. But um yeah, that was that fight. Deontay Wilder uh claimed uh Dominic Brazil's soul first round KO, nasty right hand. 
Uh, and on the undercard, I'll mention Gary Russell Jr. Uh, defeated Kiko Martinez via Dr. Stoppage. Uh, some very fast hands. And Juan Geraldez had a draw with uh, Arginus Mendez. Uh, I think I scored that fight for Geraldez. But, anywho, it was a cool fight. No, that wasn't the only ridiculously savage boxing knockout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you handle this because I didn't get to see it. Yeah. Now, Naya Inoue knocking out Emmanuel Rodriguez. And if it hadn't been for Wilder flatlining Brazil the way he did, this probably would have been the best knockout of the weekend. Um, Just, Rodriguez had never been knocked down before prior to this fight. Um, It had a competitive first round that he lost um, against Inoue. And in the second round, you know, it just turned it up again. Like, he, he was already at, at, like, 100 in the first round, but he took kicked into another gear, knocked um, Rodriguez down with a two-piece upstairs on the, like, to the to the head. He gets up, you know, he, he's still dazed. Like, not even three seconds later, Inoue comes in and just blasts him with a hook to the body. And you can see the pain. <laughs> There's a slow-mo out there of Rodriguez, like his brain receiving like the pain from the shot. And you can just see like he doesn't want to fight anymore in that moment. And he goes down. And he looks to his corner and starts shaking his head like, please save me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. And I don't know what they said, but he stood back up, and then, um, then in the way, immediately hops on him and puts him away for, with another body shot. Oh man, that's the worst when like you gotta look to the corner like, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, I was not expecting that. Right? You guys didn't tell me he was this good. <laughs> you see that towel right there? <laughs> oh man. But uh, I think I saw the highlight of the KO, but I want to go back and just like watch the entire thing. I know it only lasted like two rounds, but yeah, no. Uh, in, in a way, is like if you're not watching him, not not you, everybody else. Like if you're not watching him, people at home, watch him. He might be the most exciting man in boxing right now. Oh man, yeah, I mean, when you got to look to the corner for help, you know it's not a good time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you want to talk about fast? Like I don't his punches half the time I can't imagine being in there with him mm. Jesus yeah <laughs> but uh there was a, there's just one other fight real quick uh the Josh Taylor uh Ivan Baranchik fight um Oh wait, real quick. Anyway, we'll be facing facing off with Nonito Donaire in the uh, the finals of the WB, the World Boxing Super Series bantamweight tournament. Um, also, Scott uh, Scotland's um, Josh Taylor took the IBF Junior Welterweight title off of uh, Ivan Baranchik in the main event of that same card. Uh, he'll be moving forward in the World Boxing Super Series Junior Welterweight um, tournament. In the uh, he'll be fighting. American Radice Price Price, I'm shit with names. Y'all know this already. Uh, Radice Price in the in the finals. I don't know when the finals will be. Hopefully not too far off. Um, 
Yeah, we kind of had to wait a long ass time for the semifinals to get into gear. So hopefully we don't have to do a repeat of that. But yeah, that's it. Alrighty. Oh, that was a. Uh, like I said, a lot of good. There's a lot of good scraps that just went down this weekend. So. Go watch everything we mentioned. A lot of quality fisticuffs and souls being taken. Uh, so go back and watch all of the aforementioned fights. And now to the uh, main main event of the evening. What was this? UFC Rochester. It feels weird calling the UFC card the main event of the evening when we just talked about like two of the top ten boxers. Yeah, if we're on, yeah. I mean, uh, I say it, main it, event because it's the last thing we talk about, but yeah, it wasn't the main event. It's felt more like a post. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I can't say that because it was actually a good card. Yeah, it was a good card. It was a good card. But it wasn't... Um, there was very little gravitas to it. Right, right. It, it was fun while you watched it. It was entertaining. There were some quality fights. But it didn't have, like, a ton of, like, impact, I guess. Um, I mean, we might, we, we might get another Chris Cyborg fight. That is true. That is true. Could happen. That, that's pretty impactful. Insert new challenger. Now, now we have four people at featherweight. Five, I don't know. <laughs> uh, five. There are five. Megan Anderson, Felicia Spencer, um, Dos Santos, um, Malaki, I think her name was, and uh, the dude, the the, the 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 woman who they signed to fight Malaki. Um, she's Brazilian. I think her name is Santana. There we go. And I don't know if Chris Cyborg is still signed, so I can't even count her. If she leaves, they're just going to scrap that whole division. It's not even if she leaves. I don't think she's signed. Like, oh. I think her contract ran up after her last fight. Mm. Well, well, we'll see. But yeah, there, there are five people there now. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, yeah, UFC Rochester went down also last night. On uh, This whole car was on ESPN+. Plus. So if you have ESPN+, Plus, you can go back and uh, watch the entire card on there. But anywho, uh, fight was headlined by Rafael Dos Anjos and Kevin Lee. Uh, this is Kevin's Lee, Kevin Lee's uh, debut fight uh, coming up to welterweight, uh, fighting former lightweight champ. Uh, I'll just jump right into it. Um, man, I'll say for one thing for Dos Anjos, I always feel for him, especially as of lately, because it's like he... He always gets insanely tough matchups, and he's always in these very just punishing, grueling, just like, like, can the man have one easy night where, like, everything just goes right, you know? Like, they tried to, <laughs> wasn't he supposed to be fighting Damian Maya tonight? I don't even remember. That wouldn't yeah, I surprise feel like that's me. A, I feel like that was a thing that was supposed to happen. But, it's just like, why? Yeah, why but, are you doing this to him? Yeah, he... He always just gets in these crazy tough matchups, and it's like, man, you want to pull for him, but it's like, God, boy, I just, I don't know. And it's like he, they always pit him against wrestlers who give him a hard time. They, you know, grind him out, put, they just make him work hard, and he just gets in these these really grueling fights. And straight out the gate, as soon as this fight starts, I was like, oh boy, it's gonna be another one. Lee comes out, he's extra aggressive, he's throwing hands, he's actually landing pretty well. Um, he's pushing those Anjos up against the fence. I was like, oh boy, it's it's, it's going to be another one of them. And I mean, to be honest, this fight was a, a pretty pretty high pace, good good output from both. 
there was just a lot going on, not a lot of time for either fighter to really sit and chill. Like, <laughs> there was just always something happening. I mean, Dos Anjos got pretty, plenty of chill along that fence, man. I mean, he did, but I, I feel like he still... I, I feel like Kevin Lee was basically doing all the work at that point. Like, and you... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, is, is he, like... I, I think... I think it's this fight that just made me... Kevin Lee can only fight at one speed. And it's... It's just not conducive to being a five-round fighter. Yeah, because he, he had his foot on the pedal pretty much straight out the gate. And he never really... Yeah, he, he never kind of just let off that pace at all. And, I mean, it worked for a little bit. Like I said, he, he was landing really good. I was actually surprised how well he did on the feet. He caught those signals with a lot of... Um, a lot of good strikes. I don't think he ever, like, rocked him. But he was landing pretty solid. And then, you know, we we all kind of knew. I think we all knew he was going to eventually push him against the fence. Um, go for takedowns, that kind of thing, because that's kind of been what people have just done to Dos Anjos lately. But um, I got to give Dos Anjos a lot of credit, because uh, of these two, Dos Anjos can kind of keep this pace going for five rounds. As for Kevin Lee, we've seen him before where – He'll definitely slow down, you know, round three, and then obviously there's five rounds of so four and five output will slow down, and Dos Anjos can kind of keep that going. And I guess the one good sign I had for Dos Anjos is he didn't end up on his back as much as I thought he would in this fight. Um, he was able to stuff a, a good amount of takedowns. Um, he actually was able to get off a couple of his own, and it was weird because the, the longer this fight went, I felt like Dos Anjos started to do to Lee what other people did to him. Like, <laughs> he was the one kind of like, all right, y'all want to take me down and just make my life miserable, so I'm just going to do the same to y'all because y'all are trash and I'm tired of this. Right. And he, he just kind of was able to, I guess you say, reverse the fortunes. He he was landing really good. Uh, both of them throwing a lot of body kicks. Um, but no, he, he took Lee down a couple times and it just felt like Dos Anjos could keep the pace and Lee was kind of like slowly just kind of fading away. And that the very last sequence of the fight where Lee goes for the takedown and Dos Anjos after just three and a half grueling rounds in, in, going into the fourth in a fight that just I'm pretty sure had him pretty tired was able to just fend off his takedown. He was able to just keep his balance the entire time. Lee just kind of, I think he, he went to like rush in, ends up on the ground. Dos Anjos takes his back, kind of beats him up. <laughs> like, and I, I feel like at that point, Lee was just kind of like out of it. Right. And then when they rolled back over, like Dos Anjos got the arm triangle in pretty easy. Like, I, I think Lee was just, he was just spent after that. And Dos Anjos got it in and it was, it was over. But this, this was a, a really good fight, though. Like, really back and forth. A lot of high output. Even though, like you said, there were moments where Lee kind of just had him pressed against the cage. But there was still enough going on to this fight for me while I was, like, really invested. Because I just wanted to see, like, please, Dos Anjos, don't, don't drop another one of these grueling... I just I wanted to see him win so bad. And... I was ecstatic when he got that choking because I knew he was going to land it because Lee was just, he was spent by the time that happened. Yeah. Like, the the thing about this was, like, 
Kevin Lee is the the archetypal dude who's beaten Rafael dos Santos in the past, but he's also like the worst one of the of the bunch since like dos Santos fought like Gleason Tebow. Um, well, like however long ago that was, like you know, Khabib, Kamaru Usman, Kobe Covington, like for all those guys, for all their faults as like uh, as I guess. Um, as being a little like, uh, for, uh, for all of Lee's faults, he does have like a lot of the same skills as those guys. But like the one fault he doesn't have is that he can fight for five hard rounds. Right. Like Khabib Nurmagomedov can fight hard for five rounds, and he knows how to take breaks during those five rounds so that he can get the takedowns late. Usman and Kobe Covington—they're just tanks. They will fight for twenty-five hard minutes. Especially if you give them the pace they like. Um, like, Kevin Lee, like, he hasn't demonstrated... Like, Kevin Lee lost his interim title fight because he got tired in the third round and got triangled from the bottom by Tony Ferguson. And, you know, he has staff and everything, but still... It, 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 it mirrors stuff we've seen in other fights from him. And... Like, remember last week when we were talking about how, like, it wasn't just, like, muscle that got Andrade that takedown, that, that, that slam that put Rose out? Right. Kevin Lee should have probably watched that fight, because <laughs> Rafael Dos Anjos was just, like, I'm gonna go for the Kimura trap, I'm gonna go for the Kimura trap, I'm gonna go for the Kimura trap, and Kevin Lee just had no freaking clue what he was doing, like, just let him repeatedly break the grip. Fight off the takedown, or just let him get back to his feet. And he's like, if he stuck his head to the outside, he probably could have ran for like for the single leg. But he was content just having his butt like barreling his head into um, Dos Anjos' sternum. Just, yeah, Dos Anjos like muscled him a couple times with that Kimura grip. Like, yeah, <laughs> he got full leverage on it. Like Lee was not doing a good job defending, and that's the thing. Like, not just is Lee not built to go twenty five hard minutes, at least not at full pace. Like, the dude is not that much bigger than RDA, if at all. Like Kobe Covington and Usman are huge. Yeah. Like, Covington, I think, is kind of on the shorter side, but he's built like a motherfucker. And Usman, I don't know how he makes Walter wait. Like, those are like those are two really big dudes, and they had trouble taking RDA down. So. <clears throat> and then even when he did get RDA down, it's not like he was able to... Do anything with yeah, it. Yeah, it was more so, I'm just going to hold position and... Yeah, he wasn't really able to get anything off. Yeah, and Arya was just able to get back to his feet. And, you know. <laughs> I'm watching round three, and, like, he he has RDA down, and RDA is just pushing off on his head, and all he is doing is just holding on to him. Yeah. Like, he's not really. Yeah. yeah like, Kevin Lee is, like, just that dude who needs the right type of matchup to be successful. At the highest levels of, like, welterweight and lightweight. And RDA is just not that much. Like, and that's the thing. Like, RDA, we've seen him slowly get better at fighting this type of fight. He fought Usman better than he did Khabib. 
to an extent. He fought Covington better than he fought both of them. But in this fight, we didn't see any of the stuff where he needed, like, the, the new tricks he had built. Like, um, like, we didn't see any of the, uh, the, the combination punching. We didn't see any of the circling he had been working on to, to stay off the fence. Like, he went to the fence repeatedly. He, he still planted his feet. We just did not present the same challenges that Covington and Usman did. Uh, he I had, oh, I feel like he had like the, I guess like the pressure, but he didn't have the. The technical acumen. Yeah. He didn't, like he didn't have Usman's technical acumen for takedowns and he didn't have Covington's just raw freaking, like Covington can fight. For 25 minutes. He can fight hard for 25 minutes. It's not going to be pretty, but he is going to be in your face the entire length of the fight. And RDA clipped him hard multiple times in that fight. To the body, to the head. It just did not matter. For a second, I <laughs> for a brief second, I thought that head kick was going to be another Barboza moment. The one that grazed him. Right. Because I think he felt it for like a, a quick second. Like he, he stumbled just for a brief moment, but he, you know, he, he snapped back out of it. Yeah. But we got clipped hard a couple times in this fight where it yeah. just looked like he was a, like, not that he was about to go out, but he was just like, oh shit. Yeah. Like the room spinning. Right. <laughs> and it just, it, I feel like Lee was trying to follow the same game plan as like Usman and the rest of them did, but. He didn't. He wasn't able to execute it as as well. And I, I feel like it was because, like, like we said before, and in, in the moments where they had these grappling exchanges, even if he got the better of the exchange, it was only for but a moment. He wasn't really punishing him. He did better, like, standing than he did really like grappling. Because it's not like it wasn't landing no ground. He wasn't landing a lot of ground and pound. Um. He might have briefly tried to like lock in the submission, but RDA would get out of it. Like, it almost seems like most of his damage came from his striking, and his wrestling was just more so just trying to tire him out. But it didn't really. Yeah, like if I remember, he was having success with those kicks. Yeah, he landed a lot of body kicks. Like he landed a lot of body kicks. I, I was surprised at how well he did on the feet, but yeah, he just kind of couldn't. Couldn't pull it together. Yeah, like, but, yep. I. I... I feel for the dude, because, like, he, he's obviously too big to continually make 155 and without extremely hurting himself, but, like, his style of fighting is built to be the bigger dude, the bigger, stronger dude, and he's just not going to be that dude at welterweight. Mm. Like, and, there, yep. there are three versions of him that are better at the top of the division. Yeah, that was, that was my that was another question I wanted to see answered after this fight. Is like, well, what does Lee look like at welterweight? And to be honest, I feel like he's kind of the he's kind of the same guy. Like, yeah, not not much is uh not much has changed. And it's like if you if you're I ain't gonna say having trouble with getting RDA down, but if he's able to kind of fend you off the way he did. And tire you out in the process. Right, yeah. I don't imagine you having a lot of success against some of these. And I'm not even talking about, like, top guys. Like, there might be some middle-of-the-road like guys who could still give you some some issues. Like, a guy like Pons, I think, would be a 
hard-ass fight for Lee. Mm -hmm. Or even, like, a Darren Till. Yeah. Boy. But, great for RDA, man. That was a hard fight. I don't want to make it seem like we were, like, down talking to Lee, because it was a great fight. It was a really, it was a really good fight. Yeah, no, it was a, yeah, it was a solid fight. And yeah. Like, like, it, like, Lee had his moments. It's just, like... Once, there, once the, there was a lot of expectation on Lee. Yeah. Once he started to fade, it was like, oh, man, it's... We've seen this before. Like, we yeah. kind of... We, we know how this ends. We know how the story goes. Um, but great for RDA, man. Because, like we said, the man, he's just always in these ridiculously hard fights. And it was just good to see him come out on the other side with a win. Uh, Please line him up with strikers. And right. Like, I do RDA, RDA Pond, RDA um, Luque, RDA Darren Till, RDA Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, there were a, a crop of like violent weight welterweights that we could just line him up against, and it would be a great time. But no, he's gonna fight Ben Askren next. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they just they just punished this man. Like I don't know what he did to somebody. But They're my... still mad at him for pulling out of the McGregor fight. I think that's what it is. Because yeah. remember when he lost to Eddie on that card that they put on ESPN, uh, not ESPN Plus, uh, on Fight Pass. They gave him Tony Ferguson as the follow up in Mexico City. Mm. Yeah, yeah they, they, I think they're just mad at him. Well, congrats, man. Rafael Dos Anjos, that was a great win. Uh, awesome fight, good finish. So that was the main event of UFC Rochester. The co-main event. All right, so let's let's explain this because I was confused. Um, so the original co-main of, uh, event of the fight uh, was supposed to be Vicente Luque and Neil Magny, which probably would have been a pretty good time. But as we mentioned in the news uh, notes, uh, Magny... Uh, tested positive for the dehydr, uh, whatever that little drug was. <laughs> Sarm. Yeah, <laughs> he tested positive for that, so he was yanked from the card. So Vicente Luque's replacement was Derek Krantz, who I think I mentioned once on the podcast uh, from LFA. Um, but the fight was no longer a co-main event; they were demoted. Still on main card, just pushed down a few slots. So I'm like, all right, that, that sucks, but okay, whatever, cool. So real quick, and I'm, I don't want to bash, but I'm just going to read the rest of the fights on this main card. and um, compare. So the co-main event somehow ended up being Ian Heinish versus Antonio, Antonio Carlos Jr. This happened over Vicente Luque versus Derek Krentz, Charles Oliveira versus Nick Lentz, and Felicia Spencer versus Megan Anderson. I won't say Davi Hamos versus Austin Hubbard because I don't think that'd be co-main event worthy. Yeah, I'll give them this. Like, there are none of those fights where I'm like, yeah, that 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 should be the co-main event. Maybe the Oliveira Lentz fight just because they have name recognition from fighting in the UFC for so long. But like, it's just out of it. If you were to give me this card and say pick a co-main event, oh no, I get I get what you mean. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That uh, yeah. That ain't the one. That ain't the one, Chief. But uh, you know, it is what it is. It it happened. I, I was just kind of confused about how they decided that that would be the co-main event. Um, I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. I don't remember this fight in ton. I just remember there being a lot of grappling. 
lot of um, Granby rolls. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Antonio Carlos Jr. tiring himself out in the first round and then just bit, like slowly uh, falling from there. Yeah. I, I'll give it to Heinrich. In the couple fights I've seen, the dude is just, he's tough, man. He's hes one of those guys that, like, that's what I think of when I see him. He's not super exciting. I'm not going to say I'm, like, looking forward to a fight, but he can just go out there and have these little tough middleweight scraps, if you can call this that. It's a lot yeah, of like, in this, that's but. his, like, defining characteristic. He's, like, he, he's not, like, um, Matt Brown scrappy. He's, like, athletic scrappy. Where like he, he he's able to he's strong enough and quick enough to like muscle his way out of things. But he also has like a little bit of technique to back it up, but just not enough to like run away with things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in this fight, like the the second and third round of this fight were not that different from the first, where Carlos Jr. was basically just you know, oh, I, I'm gonna swing under your arms in the clinch and get your back. And then take you down from there, and he he did a good job of that in the first, and even in the second. But like, Highness did a really good job of just making him work for everything. And by the time the uh, the second half of the second round started, like was around, like Shoeface was too tired to do anything, and he was just eating like shoulder strikes from the top. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was that fight. I, I don't, honestly don't have much to add, so I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> but um, yeah, real quick, Antonio Carlos Jr. go back to light heavyweight. Like you cutting all these extra weights is making you tired. If you don't get a submission in the first round, you're gonna lose, or you stand a better chance of losing against anybody with like a modicum of like wrestling or BJJ defense. Like just go back to light heavyweight. Yeah, go beat up on old guys. Build your confidence back up. Um, but yeah, that was just a little middleweight grappling scrap, I Not guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's that's the word. Uh but in Heinrich won uh unanimous decision. Uh moving on down, Felicia Spencer versus Megan Anderson at women's featherweight. Um What a what the debut, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I like both. I was kind of rooting for for Megan, and what I feared would happen in this fight happened. That she would get swarmed. Felicia just would kind of just, you know, smother her, <laughs> so to speak, and somehow Megan wouldn't find a way out. Dude, props to Felicia Spencer for that. Um, I call it a, like uh. I call, I call it um a fake like guard jump, but like it was more like a sacrifice though. Where she literally in the clinch along the fence pushes into um Megan, Megan pushes back, she drops, gets between Anderson's legs, and then is able to get her back. Yeah, that that was some slick stuff. Yeah, she she was just relentless, man. She she put it on Megan. Not, not even like in a, a beat down kind of way, but just more so just... She knew she could not hang in her, like, her arena right. on the ground. Like, 
Anderson's literally only effective at one at one range, right? Like that mid range where like she's big and imposing on her opponent. But if you can close distance, yeah, all that is. I, I think that's the thing that surprised me the most. Like Anderson, like they were showing the stats, and like Anderson's like six feet tall, and Felicia Spencer's like five six, and Anderson has like a four reach, um, a four inch reach advantage, and like. I'm expecting Anderson, like, okay, when it comes to the clinch, she'll be big and strong, and she'll be able to fight off Spencer, even mm-hmm. if she's not as good. Yeah, no. Spencer just pushed her into the fence. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it's, yeah, like, I don't know if it's the weight cut, or if she's just not all that strong, but, like... It was an instant bully mode. Like, yeah. And then once she, you know, she got her back, got on the ground, landed a couple ground and pound, and then once she flattened her, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> It sinks in the choke, and it's over. Um, I should have known this fight would have ended this way, and not to discredit Holly Holm, but, like, Holly was taking Megan down, like... I've always said I think Holly Holm's a better offensive wrestler than people give her credit for, just because I, I think she has that Alexander Gustafson thing going, where, like, if she can get you in a push-pull type of matchup, she can get you to commit on something, and she can duck under for that double leg, and she's, like, one of the handful of women who who have that, like, athletic level change where they can do that. Like, it's, like, her, Sarah McMahon, Ketlin Vieira, and, like, it's not the most technically deep wrestling game, but she can get in on shots. All right. But, no, like, the, the fact that Anderson was not able to get up from those shots and just let Holly Holm basically have her way with her on the ground. Yeah, no, that was that was not a good sign for this fight. Yeah, and for guys who don't know, uh, Felicia Spencer was the she was featherweight champion in Victor, right? Yes. Yeah, a lot of her fights just are kind of she, she can just do these kind of things. Uh, her, her last fight was harder with Pam Sorensen, who. So I so uh, Grabaka Hickman tweeted out who Felicia Spencer should fight after being Megan Anderson. And I was like, she'll probably fight the winner of the only other featherweight fight that's booked right now. Uh, the only other woman, like uh, which is Malucky versus Santana, and Pam Sorensen tweets in reply, "No, she deserves a better matchup," and then like tw- and, and then um, at Chris Cyborg. I wanted to be like, damn, you really are mad that she beat you. <laughs> and you just want to see her get her ass beat. <laughs> but uh, I held off. The saltiness. Yeah, because I, like, I like Pam Sorensen. And she did. She gave Felicia Spencer her toughest fight to date. Like, she beat the crap out of her. Um, she called off for that rematch, man. I mean, if it gets Pam Sorensen in the UFC, I'm not against it. You just fill this division with featherweights anywhere you can get them. Yes, we need anybody. Like, like I know we we joke about that for 205, but like featherweight literally just needs anybody. Like bodies. Yes, if you can throw a punch, you're there. Just just go. They need you. But um, big big shouts to uh, Felicia Spencer. Just... Yeah. It's a big, big win, an impressive win. 
it, it, the sad part was like after she won, I was like, man, yeah, she looked really good. She went in there. She imposed her game plan. It was pretty one-sided. And then the reality hit in. It's like, oh, she's a featherweight. When the, when's the next time we're even going to see her fight again? Right. Like, how long did it take freaking Megan Anderson to get three fights? Right. <laughs> She's been in the UFC for how long now? Yeah, so that's like, oh, this, this kind of sucks. But... I actually have to know now, how long has Megan Anderson been in the UFC? <laughs> Since the beginning of 2018. Okay, that's not that long. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Hopefully they can... Oh, I'm sorry, 2017. Never mind. It's been a minute. Mm. Her first fight was supposed to be against Cyborg at UFC 214 in July 2017. Thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, and it's been almost two years and she's had three fights. Mm. Which puts her at about the average, I think. Well, 17, 18. Yeah, like it puts her like right around the average. So. We'll see. But great win for Felicia Spencer. Hopefully we do get to see her again soon. Uh, please sign more featherweights. Sound more. Moving on down, welterweight fight that could have been the co-main event, but they were demoted. Sente Luque versus Derek Krantz. Uh Derek Krantz had a lot of hype coming from LFA, and then he also made a good impression on. I think that was looking for a fight where uh, Dana. I think Dana was at one of the LFA events that he uh, he fought in. Um, boy, Krantz came out the gate. He was ready to go. He didn't waste any time. Came out throwing hard, um, have uh, backed Luke up. Uh, Luke somehow ends up going for a guillotine, doesn't get it. They end up on the ground, looking good for Krantz at first. Landing a good ground and pound, life is going great. But as we say always, uh, things are going well until they're not anymore. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of how it happens. Um, you know, it is. Many of the bad spots that Luke was in for maybe about the first like minute, minute or so of the fight, stay calm, didn't panic. You know he's been there before. He's he fought a lot of tough guys. This, this wasn't anything new. They end up back on the feet. Uh, I don't know if Krantz was tired. I feel like maybe he blew the water a little bit. I just feel like he came out really just kind of hyper, and I can imagine debut nerves come out the gate like a cannonball. You're ready to go. And then doesn't get the finish right away. I can't remember much of what happened before. I just remember the beginning. And then I remember them standing back up. I remember Krantz getting caught with a pretty hard left. <laughs> that kind of like stomped him back a little bit. And then uh, he ate. He had a knee before he got dropped, I want to say, right? I think Luke caught him with a knee. That backed him up, and then he ate another, like, right that dropped him. Uh, it was a left hand. Crap, what was it? I feel like there was a knee somewhere in there. No, 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 no. it was the knee into that left hand. Yeah, it was the knee into the left, and then he got dropped, ate a couple ground and pound, and just that quick, like I said, things started off well, but, uh, Luke can crack. And he just needed that one little opportunity. And uh, he got Krantz out of there. And we, we've mentioned Luke's name a couple times on this podcast. Another guy in that 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 violent violent weight, welterweight category. Who's he, He's been out here. Been out here holding it down. He's been out here doing his thing. Put a young guy against him. <laughs> we say this also. 
that's literally how it happens. All the new guys, especially coming from LFA, but really I feel like it's any new guy at this point, it's these short notice fights that they get. It's like, hey. Uh, big in the UFC nowadays. Yeah, yeah. our co-headliner, uh, Pop Positive for SARM. Trying to take a spot? Sure, why not? There you go, we got two weeks. I don't know how long it was, but I imagine it wasn't that long. But, um, nah, Luke A. Uh, gets another finish. Um, gets not, another newcomer. Yeah. <laughs> and not not a, you know, not a terrible debut for Krantz. You know, he, I, I like that he did come out aggressive. But, you know, Luke A., guys who's experienced, he's been there, done that. So I, I don't think at any point he was really panicked or worried at what was going on. And once he got his chance to, to strike, it was pretty much a wrap. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say, except Luke is a really slow starter. Um, I, I'd be happy to see him get the Robbie Waller fight, just because this was supposed to be a step-up fight. He didn't get it. He didn't take too much damage from that early flurry. I'd love to just see him fight Lawler as a reward. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, that that Robbie Lawler sweepstakes, boy. (laughs) I saw so many Twitter ads and people just, yeah, a lot of people want that smoke. Um, But we'll we'll see. No, great, great win. Little do they know, Robbie Lawler fucking ruins careers. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, shout out to Vicente Luque. You know, at welterweight holding it down. So, he won by TKO first round. Uh, next fight, which was a rematch that I didn't really care to see, but it was a thing. So, you know. I mean, Charles Oliveira has won three fights in a row against Nick Lunds. You'd think at some point they'd get the message. Yeah, it was just weird that, like, at lightweight where there's just a plethora of fighters that this was the name they landed on. But it is what it is. Charles Oliveira fights Nick Lentz again, and uh, he beats him. Um, I'll say for... Yeah. (laughs) I'll say for Oliveira, man, what I was thinking the entire time I was watching this fight. Like, I remember watching him when he first came to the UFC, and he was just this crazy young twig of a kid like you could obviously see the talent but he was just so young and green back then and now he's really like starting to come into his own his striking looks so much better like he was catching lints with elbows he cut him open he was uh doing good work in the clinch he's doing all these jumping strikes combinations looking crisp he looks a lot more like confident just in his striking in general now when he he's standing and trading like, it looked like he's really starting to, like, put it all together. Um, and we, we already know the ground game. The man just submission after submission after submission. Um, this was one of those fights that also was kind of like the foreshadowing of the KO was there. Because uh, the KO sequence was Nick Lentz, uh, I think he was throwing, like, a, like, a kick to, like, the body. See, I wasn't even sure if it was like a side kick or like a round kick, like yeah, a switch I, kick, because it, it, it had such a good, such little impact. Yeah, he he tried some kind of kick, and Oliveira caught it for like a second, blasted him with a right, and uh, ended up putting him out. 
but he 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 had did that like one or two times before that even happened. Um, he caught one of Lentz's other kicks and did like the same thing. It just didn't put him out. I don't know if he didn't like fully connect on the right, but he had done that before the KO even happened. And then, you know, yeah, he he put Lentz out with that right. I think landed a little bit of ground and pound, and that was uh, pretty much all she wrote. But no, I, I've been really impressed with Oliveira these last few fights. Like he's really starting to put it all together. I think he's what like twenty nine now. I think he's quite thirty. He's like twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, he's still. And, yeah, he's in the middle of his physical prime. prime. Um, he is twenty nine years old. And like, like I said, to keep it in context, like this was a kid when he got to the UFC. He was like twenty. He was really early twenty. He was really young, man, when he first started. And you just you just look at his frame. He just he, he looked like a kid. <laughs> he was just really skinny, skinny, just twig of a person. And. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he's at lightweight. It is your home. Don't you go back to featherweight. Don't you pull that nonsense. Um, Thankfully, he didn't ask for a right. uh, featherweight fight. Yeah, I, I think he's hopefully realized. Hopefully. Um, but, nah, he, he looked really good, man. Uh, how would you feel about it? Uh, it was, uh, I, I, if you watch all three Nick Lett's fights in succession, you, you see the growth of Charles Oliveira. <laughs> where he, he goes from this like well he's still a twig he's still kind of a twig he, he, he's definitely chilled out though um but you see the this wild crazy 20 year old advance and he's now like a really competent well-rounded all-around mma fighter like and we, we've seen this uh, um like this isn't like a new thing it's been gradually building but it, like he had, over the his past like six or seven fights like we've seen his uh his muay thai game like really really f- like fully come into its own and it's now a dangerous part of his um arsenal and i don't really think nick lentz is the guy to be like oh okay he's a top level striker um now because he he beat nick lentz but um I, 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 they, it's really cool to just like you've seen this dude fight for like nine years now and you've seen him as worse you've seen him as best and you, you've seen him grown over the course of his his UFC career so it's, it's, it's just really f- cool to see where he started to where he's gotten um, as for this fight in particular I, I really didn't take much away from it other than Nick Lentz just really loves to force grappling exchanges Against Charles Oliveira for no reason, because he never wins any of them ever. <laughs> like an illegal knee in their first fight, notwithstanding, Charles Oliveira is three and zero against Nick Lentz, yeah. and he's finished them all three times, and they've only gotten more and more one sided. I I don't I don't get like. I get that they needed they just needed a fight to fill this card and. Charles Oliveira is just always guaranteed for a good, uh, a, a good showing, but like, it could have been Gregor Gillespie. That could have been the co-main event. Definitely could have been. It's in New York. <laughs> I just thought of something that when you, you mentioned like every time he fights Lentz, he gets better, and it reminds me, um, in the game Sekiro that I've been playing, when you want to train a new move, 
there's this so there's this samurai you go to uh or shinobi i, I get it mixed up but like you just practice moves on him because he's like immortal so even when you kill him he just comes back to life mm-hmm. so like that's what <laughs> nick lentz is the Oliver. like i got a new technique let me go fight nick lentz <laughs> <laughs> let me see if this works yeah i just realized Gregory Gillespie is from new york why the hell didn't they just have him fight him yeah ah, uh, yeah yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's why when I saw this match, I was like, "Come on, my, come on, guys! There are way too many good fighters at lightweight for us to be wasting Oliveira fighting Nick Lentz again. Like, I mean, no, nobody wants fought, to see this. He could have fought Davi Hamos. Right, that would have been better. But Charles Oliveira, Dubronx, he got Nick Lentz out of there. TKO. Five in a row. Yep. So I'm pretty sure all of them by some type of finish. Yep. That's the only way Oliveira wins fights. So, shouts to to Du Bronx man, really hitting a stride. So we'll we'll see if he can get a bigger fight. Somebody not named Nick Lentz, <laughs> and you know see how that go that goes. And speaking of uh, Davi Hamos, uh, he rounded out the main card against Austin Hubbard. Well, one was this his debut? Yes. Can't can't remember. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, surprisingly, uh, if you know Hamos' skill set, uh, you would think this fight would have went to the ground. Not really. Um, I mean, it did. It did, not, but, yeah. Just not for repeatedly, like the uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. fight. Yeah. A lot, a lot of this fight was a, a, a lightweight kickboxing match, pretty much. Um, Which Hamos won basically 90% of. Yeah. <laughs> Hubbard, Hubbard spent a lot of time, to me, moving backwards, never really imposing anything um Hamos just being athletic more athletic more explosive um I mean they had some decent exchanges but it just felt like Hubbard was always on the bad end of them or and when when he wasn't like he never really pushed the effort right much. right right yeah um Like it's really hard to talk about this fight because like you you don't want to be too down on Hubbard who is making his UFC debut against Davi Hamos who is like a legit like um I think uh, G- Gary Tonin like that's who Davi Hamos reminds me of like he's a dude who came over from Jiu-Jitsu who is a legit just bona fide athlete who is really good at one part of the sport and while he's not technically good at the other part of the sport he's so athletic and so good at the thing he is good at and dangerous there that it kind of makes up for it so like this this wasn't like a such a high hurdle for hubbard but like how how most is better than his record by like a lot yeah um just like and you could see it when they actually did go to the ground and how like it's scary how much control Hamos had over Hubbard's body. Where he's just like, okay, I got your back. Uh, I'm go- I'm going to like put you in the air. So, uh, I'm a uh, uh, I'm going to underhook you from the bottom so I can get my hooks in with my legs. Like it's just it, it's stuff that like you you rarely ever see other people do in MMA. Yeah, and I, I I'll give Hubbard props for one thing. You know, at least he. He got taken to the ground a few times, but at least he lived to tell about it, you know? Yeah, he has a, a good chin, and he is very hard to sub. 
because he got hit hella hard. Yeah. And he got out some... <laughs> like, even... Like, there was a neck crank in the first round that Hamos got in, and it, it wasn't like... I think he had, like, one hook, and he had the crank on, just trying to get the other hook in. And, for the love of God, that squeeze... It, it was terrifyingly strong. Like, crush a watermelon strong. Yeah, and, so I, 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 I won't be down on Hubbard's. Obviously, a lot of improvements to make, but it's like, this fight could have been a finish at some point, but dude is just... He was tough. He can take a hit. And somehow find his way out of these bad spots. How many is how much one in a row now? I want to say that makes four. Well, one, two, three, four. Yep. Mm. His only loss um, in the UFC, anyway, was to Sergio Marais in his UFC debut, where he was fighting up at welterweight. And his only other loss is to David Rickles. Mm. So. Lightweight, 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 boy. Just. <laughs> Just. Dude, if Hamos was a prospect in any other, like, in, like, at middleweight, like, he'd get as much, like, buzz as, like, Apollo Costa. Right. But it's like, boy, at lightweight, you, you got, you have to be the extraordinary of the extraordinary. Right. To, like, really, really, really stand out. But, good performance, nonetheless. Um, went in there, won a unanimous decision, and what was a... A fun fight, you know, a decent fight, but pretty, you know, we, we, we knew who won at the end. There, there was no question as to who, who was going to get their hand raised. So, congrats to Davi Hamos. He won via unanimous decision. Uh, that rounds out the main card. Um, so, I don't know about you. Um, the ESPN Plus prelims, there will be some fights I can offer insight on. There will be others where I cannot. <laughs> Or my insight will be uh, very surface level. Say that. All right, did you cast Lad Eubanks? I did. I did nice. get a chance to watch Lad Eubanks. This is this is the one fight on the prelims that I looked at. And I was like, all right, I got if if I miss anything else, got I got to catch this one. The one with actual stakes. Right. <laughs> and the beer. Great fight. Yeah, awesome fight. Um. Yeah, this was this was fun. This, and I figured it would it would be fun. Um, seeing uh, Eubanks come up the bantamweight, so she's not trying to cut all this weight and missing weight. So glad glad that worked out. Don't think she had any problem making weight. Um, and even at flyweight, we we still saw like just how strong she was. So I, I figured this would be a pretty fun fight. But um, really impressed with that. I mean, impressed with both because. I can't remember if it was like the second or or third round. They were just slugging, man. They were just <laughs> they they were they were just going back and forth. Yeah. But, um. Some like some ter- like, like not just grappling, but like some terrific wrestling on display here, man. Um, Eubanks initial going for that initial takedown, and then Lad fighting her way back up, and then getting the clinch takedown. Pinning Eubanks along the fence and then tripping her legs out from under her to get the takedown. Like that is some. Mm, that, that that was some really good stuff. Yeah, she she's she her she's highly skilled. 
Like it's yeah. it's fun to watch her wrestle. Yeah, like if she ties you up, it is going to be a miserable experience. And if she gets on top, it is just a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like she would uh, she would fake going for that Americana and then just like as soon as Eubanks would go to guard, drop three elbows on her and then throw the mount. Like, how do you deal with that? And then it's like the pace. Like she she's not trying to like, oh, I'm gonna just take you down, I'm gonna just lay here and just chill out a little bit. Like, she's gonna make it a very long and miserable time for you every second that you're down there. Like you can't really get comfortable, you can't just sit there and kinda camp out because it's not gonna end well for you. Um But nah, yeah, this this fight was 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 wild. Just from all the wrestling exchanges, even to the striking exchanges, which were fun. Um, like I said, I can't remember if it was the second or third, but there was a portion where they were just throwing hands, just kind of slugging <laughs> back and forth. That was the third round, like, where Lad was too tired to, uh, like, Eubanks was too tired to shoot in. Lad, just for whatever reason, was not able to close distance. For, like, I guess this is the part we can be a little bit critical of, uh, of Aspen Lad, despite the win. Um, she is not a very good striker. She tried her little Floyd shoulder roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> she she lacks uh she lacks fluidity. That right hand is like there. There's nothing on that right hand when she throws it. She has a nice jab. Like when she hit Eubanks with that jab, it hurt. You you get like it shut down Eubanks' offense. But like. Eubanks was the one who was really in there, like, throwing combos, like, mm. th- those, uh, those body-body-head, uh, hooks. Problem is, she, she also just doesn't have straight, she doesn't have straight punches. Like, she was just not able to keep Lat off of her, uh, to really, like, differentiate herself in, in those, uh, in those exchanges. Right. So they looked more 50-50 than they were. That's crazy. One of the judges gave her a thirty twenty six. Yeah. Jeez. I, I'd give you a lad um uh, a ten eight for that second round. I I don't know about giving her the third round. I have to go back and watch again. I did uh, all of the prelims. I think I only really got to see like once, so my memory's a little hazy on some of these. Um. But oh yeah, that was a fun fight, and just you know. <laughs> women's bantamweight needs these kind of fights because there's a lot of just lack of interest. Um, yeah. So. This fight made me happy that the home fight kind of fell apart for Lad because she probably would have lost that. Yeah, yeah. I had the same thoughts because I was like, even if, the e- even hypothetically speaking, let's say she was able to get home down maybe like the first round or so. If she'd have had a third round like that against home, she would have got picked apart. Yeah. Probably finished. Even even but beyond that, like how, like I don't know how she gets home down because like Eubanks can shoot the double leg. I, I don't think I've ever seen Lad shoot it. She doesn't seem comfortable changing levels. Like she she has like light heavyweight itis where like she seems to have like, <laughs> yeah. that, that that rod up her back. Um and like all her takedowns come from the clinch and that's the one position Holly Holm is really good at avoiding when she doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, yeah. She might have dodged one. But might've. um, dude, she she's just she's fun to watch. Yeah. 
And, I mean, to be honest, at Bantamweight, probably only dodging the smoke but so long. Well, I ain't saying dodging like she's like ducking her, but it's, it's probably a fight that'll still end up happening just virtue of there not being a lot of... Yeah. Not a, challengers. Yeah, so... I, I like um, Joey suggested the Yana Kuniskaya fight, and I think that's that's a good middle ground between, like, Sujara Eubanks and um, Holly Holm. Yeah. You know, Kuniskaya likes to fight at range, and but she's also somebody who can be pressured into the fence and can be taken down, so... Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, no, no need to rush her. She'll she'll get there soon enough if she keeps up what she's doing. But no need to. And keeps making weight. Right, right. Definitely the most important thing. <laughs> but no, that that was a, a fun fight. Um, that easily could have been on the main card. Uh, it was until like two days ago for whatever reason. Yeah, it it probably should have been. That was that was a fun fight. Definitely, it, it was the fight of the night. Um, which I'm happy they gave um her by the way because like. Like I said, when with these performance of the night bonuses, you want to reward and like sustain your young talent. All right. They they can't all survive on like twenty and twenty deals. All right. People need to pay for training. <laughs> More training, better gym, quality training partners, all, all that good stuff. So, but no, nah, props to both uh, Lad and Eubanks. It was a really fun fight to watch. Uh, Lad won via unanimous decision. Um, I don't know. Some of these, a couple other fights, I kind of just want to breeze through. Unless you have anything pressing. Well, I, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, Pereira fight for a little bit. Uh, but the Pereira fight. Um, you you know I have to I have to call bragging rights on that Ed Herman. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you have that. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll get there in a few. Uh, next 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 fight, uh, hometown kid, uh, Desmond Green, uh, fought day debuting Charles Jordan. Um, I remember thinking like halfway through this fight that I was like, man, Des is winning right now, but it's not like he's winning so much that he can't like end up losing. And, like, somehow, like, you could get upset in your hometown. Because while Des uh, Green's striking has gotten better, and this is still, like, I would say within his last two to three fights, it's probably the most comfortable I've seen him on his feet. I don't think he's, like... He's the best. still Des Green. Yeah, yeah, still Des Green. He's gotten better, so I have to, I have to give him that. I'll always, I'll always give props for, like, noticeable improvement. But he is still Des Green. Not the best striker in the world. Good wrestler, though. Um, you know, I think I think he still just has to find a way to kind of put it all together. Um, but there there were just fights, just lulling moments in this fight, while I was just kind of like, I don't know if if Charles Charles just needs one big moment and he could really just steal one of these rounds back. Um, I don't know. I don't really have really a ton to say. But, you know, Dez did enough on the feet and was able to use his wrestling at moments um, to get a few key takedowns, which I think kind of just won him the fight. Um, You know, hometown kid, he got the win. I don't really have much else to really say about that fight in depth. I know. It's like a more aggressive Dez Green early on, but he kind of went back to uh, Dez Green mode towards the end of the fight. Yeah. That was it. I'm I'm happy for him. Like I'm like I said, I'm happy Des Green's in the UFC. He's doing well. Um, 
I, I, I really don't have an opinion on this one. Well, it was what it was. But congrats to Des Green nonetheless. Got unanimous decision. Uh, moving on to a fight that a lot of people definitely are talking about and probably will continue to talk about. The debuting Michelle Pereira versus Danny Roberts. Why does it have to happen to Danny? <laughs> they, they they needed a guaranteed action fight for the uh the raucous Rochester New York crowd and they got it. Ah, it could have been somebody else. I had to see Danny go through this. But um Fuck fucking Michelle Pereira Pereira. Like So like I, I thought he kinda played up what he did in Road FC, you know what I mean? Like he got an opponent who he could just like do cool stuff against. I was like, I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to go viral. No, he just fights like that. Yeah, no, dude, that's that's uh that's not for camera. No, he, <laughs> he is legit just a psychopath. Yeah, the man just he just has these little moments where it's like, what are you doing? But this is really fun to watch, so I'm not gonna question you. So what? This fight lasted what? Like a two... minute, minute forty-seven. Okay, this <laughs> fight lasted a minute forty-seven. In the span of that, he he threw. Somebody, I, I called it a rolling thunder on on uh, Tumblr, but somebody corrected me. They called it an Eversol kick, which is where he literally just does a front flip and kicks, not like a car. He just does a front flip and just kicks. He jumped off the cage twice. One one in this completely amazing sequence where Roberts was escaping and he just jumps to the cage <laughs> to cut him off. <laughs> He throws a Superman punch. Oh, I got to talk about the Superman punch. Because he hit this crazy little B-boy foot motion. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, wish, I almost wish that would have been the punch to like end the fight. Because he did this crazy 70s just B-boy foot move. And then he just launches into the Superman punch. <laughs> it was like the wildest thing ever. I feel like we should mention this all happened after he cried for a solid two minutes after walking out to the cage. Yeah, but he was a ball of emotion, and then he just let it all out. Yeah. He, he is a character. Also to mention, he is a big welterweight. Yeah, no, he is a middleweight. Yeah, that dude, he is huge. Um, he, he might, like, I, I, I kind of wanted to suggest that he goes up the middleweight, just because I think his, his quickness and uh, his, his power will carry. And against some of these more technical, a little faster uh, 170-pounders, um, he's probably going to hit a dead end real soon. Like, I, I don't see Tim Means falling for any of this. But at, like, middleweight, he might be able to... But at middleweight, he w he might starch Ian Heinish. Right. <laughs> he can get away with some of that. Those middleweights have never seen anybody jump off a cage. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody middleweight is jumping anywhere. <laughs> but not yet. flying knee to just like cross combination that ended the fight. Johnny Walker-esque. Yeah. Yeah. He was the first person I thought of when I saw that. And I think somebody put it on Twitter. It was like his next fight, him and Johnny Walker need to be on the same card. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, he, he's one of those fighters. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to jump out here and say, oh, next champ, all that stuff. But I'm just saying, you want entertainment, 
You want fun. You want somebody doing unique things. Yes. Like, because as much as this is a competitive sport, it's, you know, it's, mis- it's mixed martial arts. You right. want dudes who can do the aesthetic stuff. Yeah, he, 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 he's emphasizing the arts. This is, this is expression. This is capoeira. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, man. He, yeah, like you said, that, that flying knee to the right. And God bless his soul. He didn't even follow up. Showed mercy. Knocked him down and just kind of went about his celebration. Oh, while rocking the man bun. Right. Yeah. Michelle Pereira, ladies and gentlemen. Um, insert new challenger. At welterweight for now. But like I said, I think he might eventually go up. Because he is, he is huge. But I don't know. Maybe maybe he doesn't have trouble making the weight. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But another guy to keep an eye on at welterweight. Because he is, he is going to be fun to watch. Uh, this will not be the last time he jumps off a cage. We're, we're going to see a lot of antics from him. Uh... <laughs> in the future and it is god bless the man this is gonna be fun to watch i i can't i can't wait i'm all for the clownery definitely all for it especially when it leads to wins so shell Pereira, uh won via ko against poor danny roberts who just you see a man jumping off the cage like what am i supposed to do with this how do you train for that right <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that's 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 a tough outing but yeah, Michelle Pereira, man, that was that was an awesome performance. Um, and to be honest, this is the part of the card where, you know, your I can mem- your memory fades. Yeah, I can tell y'all who won. The the only other fight I kind of remember really is the Julio Arce Julian Arosa fight, because um, <clears throat> I love head kick KOs. Yeah. <laughs> so that that, that was yeah, great. Yeah, that was great. That one stuck with me. Great, great tone setter, setter for the night too, because you know, this is a really good card. Like, yeah, fight, you know, just for um, action wise. Lots of finishes. Lots of finishes. Lots of people like just going out and showing out, like Aspen Ladd and Sajara Eubanks. Um, freaking, uh, oh, but uh, like, you want me to go to the next three since you don't seem to remember? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let you handle these. All right, so we got Grant Dawson, who took on uh, tough winner Michael Trezano, uh, who's a Team tech, uh, team Tiger Showman's dude, if I remember right. Um, Dawson uh, survived getting pieced up by Trezano on the feet, was able to get him down, and pretty quickly, actually, got the rear naked choke in the second round. Um, yeah. Uh, Kowaka Carnage on uh, Tumblr asked if uh, Mike Trezano's the worst tough winner uh, top five tough win. Uh, top five worst tough winner of all time. Currently, he's in the bottom. If we're just doing like the American seasons, he's in the bottom five. Like, right, like no shots, but like they they drained that welterweight, that uh lightweight featherweight well dry. Um, next up, my man Ed Herman <laughs> knocks out Patrick Cummins in the first round. I told y'all this was the fight to watch. Y'all didn't believe me. And Herman hurt himself on that knee. The phantom knee. The he one looks that so he... slow. <laughs> it's not It's not about speed. It's about precision. And he landed precisely on top of freaking Patrick Cummins' temple. <laughs> so precise, in fact, it didn't even look like it landed. Oh, man. Uh, hits him with the knee, 
Follow-up punches. Puts Patrick Cummins out. Ed Herman might have a number next to his name come Monday. Think about it. <laughs> I, I don't know if we should be proud. <laughs> they call him short fuse for a reason, bro. Oh, boy. Um, next up, Zach Cummins takes on Trevin Giles. Uh, Trevin Giles had been away for like 500 days because he was going to become a cop. Uh, he was winning this fight handedly pretty much up until he lost it. Uh, Cummins hits him with a uh, an overhand left as uh, Giles plants his feet to throw a right hand, lowering his guard. Um, eats it. Uh, come uh, starts to panic. Razzle Cummins puts him in a guillotine. Giles just has no way to escape. Oh, he doesn't. Uh, Giles just does not. Uh, he just doesn't escape. Taps. Cummins gets the last second come from behind win. Um. That was kind of upset, but then I realized Giles was a cop, and I'm like, all right, I'm all right with this. <laughs> all I remember thinking during this fight was, Giles looks like he's having too good of a time. He's gonna end up losing somehow. Yeah. He's in there smiling, and you know. But he did a good like forgot like if you're away for 500 days, the last thing you want to do is get into a, 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 a an all-out brawl with freaking uh, Zach Cummins. You know what I mean? So he did a good job just staying on the outside. Not letting Cummins land anything clean. Um, Cummins did a good job with the body kicks. He actually hit like a jump switch body kick in like the second round or something. Um, but when it came time to force an exchange, he he uh, he, he got Giles the bite. And that's the important part. Yeah. So props to Cummins. And then uh, Julio Orce. Woo. Third round head kick KO over Julian Arosa. I, I don't like that Arce lets himself be backed up into the cage. Like, he was doing a good job of uh, slipping and bobbing um, Arosa's punches, but when Arosa switched up to the straight shots, he started landing more. He actually cut open Arce's eye, like, on the right side, I want to say. Um, but when you get when you are sloppy and you are overconfident, you're just there to be hit. Yeah, I, I was going to say for Arosa, I was mad that like you have all this size and you just keep throwing these looping just I don't for all the range he had I was like I just felt like you could have fought like a smarter fight like dude you're a 6'1 featherweight right (laughs) you don't need to be fighting in the pocket yeah because I was like you're gonna get caught eventually you're you're asking to get caught yeah uh so Arosa throws the blade kick to um throws the leg kick both his hands are down. RSA follows it up with a head kick from the opposite leg. Knocks him the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the card. Yeah, that's rep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love head kick KO so much. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Yeah, great action card, man. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, UFC Good. Rochester. And you I mean... The best part is, started at 5 o'clock. Ended at eleven something. Just not. It was nonstop. Right, and it, it flowed right into the Wilder fight. So if you wanted to see that, right after Dos Anjos' lead was over, you just transitioned right on over. Yep. And I mean, you say it went from five to eleven, but just to keep in mind, like if you guys rewatched the fight, like I'm just gonna read this real quick. Finish, 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 finish. Decision, decision, decision. Finish, 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 decision, finish. <laughs> A lot of people got out of there. Yeah. 
a lot of people got out of there. And it even might, it, might the, been, it might have been over before eleven. Now I think about it, I had to go back and check. Yeah, but it it was a. Uh, I was I was happy because looking on paper, I was like, man, I hope a lot of these fights. I, I like I hope this isn't one of those long drawn out cards, and like so many people got finished. So yeah, if you wanted action. You know, this card might not have meant much in terms of like huge names, but if you just wanted to watch a good quality card with just good fights and finishes, this this gave you pretty much everything. Um, and then we got a nice main event. It's always nice when the main event delivers. So, um, yeah, this was a good way to cap off the weekend and what was a, a really good weekend of fights, man. Just between one championship, Wilder taking Brazil, so this card um the in a way fight and then we didn't even mention like you said ksw had a card road fc a lot of other promotions had had cards going on there, there were just a lot of good fights happening this weekend so yep lots of good stuff yeah if you got the zone oh that is on road fc road fc is on the zone right road and ksw yeah so yeah if you got the zone or fight pass um espn plus man go back uh, the glory card also I mentioned glory 65 there were, there were a lot of good fights this weekend, man. There were a lot of good, good quality uh, fisticuffs to be had this weekend. So uh, go back, man. Watch all of the fights we mentioned. There, there was a lot going down, a lot worth revisiting. So shout out to just all the fighters, man. It was a really fun, it was a fun, really fun weekend of fights. Um, but that is pretty much it for today's episode. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, next week, not really a ton going on other than we got PFL going down on okay. Thursday. Oh, 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 sorry, it's another guy finish. Sorry, cutting you off. Oh no, it was another fight. Yes. So, um, if you're if you're down for some women's boxing, we got uh, Chicago's Jessica McCaskill defending her. Uh, let me get this right. WBC title and going for the WBA super lightweight title. When she takes on Anahi Esther Sanchez. And that fight's going to be broadcast on DAZN. So there if you, you got go. DAZN. Yeah, there you go. It's going to be on the Michael Hunter, Fabio Maldonado mm. card. Ooh, ooh. Mm. Speaking of boxing, I heard of... Not not to go on another side tangent. Ross Pearson won like his second boxing fight or something. Yes, he went... Uh, I think it was his pro debut. Yeah, he knocked somebody out. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody said, imagine if Ross Pearson was actually just a world championship level boxer. And we just didn't know because he just <laughs> yeah. and shit. <laughs> well, we'll see. But yeah, apparently that's the that's the thing. But, oh, um, also, also, last one, sorry. Um, yeah. uh, Jackie Nava and um, uh, oh Marcela Acuna are going to be fighting next week in Mexico. They're two of the greatest female boxers of all time. They're both probably well, not probably. They're both past it. Um, Nava is 39 and Acuna uh, is 42, but you know they're still two of the best to ever do it. So if if you're down for um, seeing those two fight, you could probably catch it on YouTube the week after. There you go. And then just real quick mention of the PFL card that goes down on Thursday. Um, you got Lance Palmer versus Alex Gilpin. Chris Wade is on the card. Andre Harrison returns. You got Ramsey Ninjam on the card. Um, do do do. Rashid Magomedov, <laughs> Natan Schultz is on the card. Uh, Damon Jackson, uh, he's on the card. Like you said, Jeremy Kennedy, also Steven Siler. So it looks like there's a couple solid fights. Um, and as you said, it's lightweights and welterweights. So should be a, a pretty fun night. PFL, they, they, they've been delivering lately. So 
definitely worth checking out, and that's on ESPN Plus. So go give that a look. Um, but like I said, um, next week's podcast probably won't be so much on covering cards. We we might give those like a brief mention, but um, if possible, if I can get enough participation, um, I would like to do a mailbag episode. So by the time you guys hear this. Um, I will probably be tagging people and requesting that people send in questions. Um, I will be off this weekend because it's my birthday weekend, so I'll be off on Saturday. So uh, we can record maybe sometime this weekend. It, it doesn't matter. But, you know, send in questions for the mailbag. Hit us up on Twitter, um, Instagram, Tumblr, wherever you're hearing this, on Facebook. If you see me or Antaco anywhere in the interwebs and you want to ask a question on the show, sit one of us up, send the question in. And uh, try to answer it on a mailback episode that we will do uh, for that weekend. But uh, that's pretty much it for today's episode. So as always, we will close with parting shots and shoutouts. Um, I don't really have any MMA-related shoutouts, but I will give a shoutout just to some uh, trailers of things that I've seen lately. Um, for anybody who is a uh, fan of Samurai Jack, which... Uh, had their last season a year or two ago. Really amazing show, and that last season was phenomenal. Love how they ended it. It was it was so good. But uh, the creator of the show, Genedy uh, Tar- Tartakovsky, probably Gendy. Gendy Gendy. Tartakovsky. There we go. That guy. <laughs> he uh, he has a new show coming out called Primal. Um, it looks kind of wild. Um, I-, I guess. It's hard to say because the, the, the trailer is only, it's not that but so long. I guess it's like Samurai Jack with animals. A lot of blood, a lot of gore. Um, but it, it looks fun, man. It looks fun. Go go give that trailer a look. Um, on the gaming tip, for anybody, if you're a fan of the OG PlayStation, if you remember the game Abe's Odyssey, which I also did a playthrough of on my YouTube channel, um, they're coming out with another game called uh, Abe's... Uh, what is it? I got. I got to get this right. I think it's called Soulstorm. Um, yeah, Abe Soulstorm. I don't think it has a release date, but they finally they put out two trailers. But the first trailer didn't have any gameplay. This one has a little glimpse of gameplay. Um, it looks really good. Now the enemies can shoot at you from the top, which they couldn't do before. Like when they're on the above platforms, they will shoot at you. But also some of the homies that you got that you're rescuing, um, they throw Molotovs. Or at least one of them did. So, it looks fun, though. I, I, I love the Abe series. It was one of my fav, uh, favorite games that I played growing up. So, I'm glad to see the franchise is still going. Uh, so, that is Abe Soulstorm. Give that a look on um, on YouTube. And uh, if anybody's a Rick and Morty fan like I am, Rick and Morty will be back in November. Um, looking forward to that also. So, that's all I got for shout-outs. I don't have any shots. Nobody made me well. All right, there were people who made me mad, but I don't really want to talk about it. So I'll 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 end this. Go, going into my weekend, I'm gonna try to be positive. You know, try try to be positive. So those are my my shout outs. All right. Um, shout out to uh, Scott Askham, who took the middleweight title off of Machal uh, Machal Materla with a flying knee. Um, at, over at KSW forty nine. Um. Shouts to Sol, uh, Roberto Soljic of I'm gonna say Croatia, who took the uh, the welterweight title. Um, I'm not. Sure. I think he defended his welterweight title. I think that's what it was. With a nice little KO, first round KO uh, over um, 
what was his name? Yeah, Christian Kazubowski, Kazubowski, something like that. Um, just fantastic knockout uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to see it. And then shouts to Mansoir Bar uh, Barnois, Barnois, Yeah, I don't speak French. Um, he took the uh, he, he finally finally won the uh, the Road FC lightweight tournament. Beating uh, lightweight champion A. Sol Kwan for the belt and the $1 million prize. So, Bellator and PFL aren't the only other uh, promotions out there handing out $1 million for winning a tournament. Um, Where props, you at, UFC? Exactly. Props to Mansoir. Um, you know, that's that's some life-changing money. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, and, and shouts out to you, Sensei. I hope you have a great birthday. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, guys, I'll be turning 30 on the 27th. So, uh, the next time you hear me, I'll be a year older. I'll be on this podcast reflecting about my life, which could be a good or bad thing. <laughs> but nah, we'll, we'll see. I'm happy, man. Um, I, I will say real quick, I, I took I took off uh, work for a couple days that week. So if anybody follows me on Twitch, um, I do plan on doing some streaming. So there'll probably be some Sekiro, some Mortal Kombat 11 uh, going on that week. So I took off for a couple days, so... Uh, yeah, it'll be fun, man. Next week will be fun. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up because I want to go see John Wick 3. And I have some discount tickets. And I'm going to go use them. Because uh, <laughs> I, I really, really want to see this movie. And I need to eat. But uh, anywho, man, as always, man, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Always share. Share with a friend. Share with a fight fan. Post it everywhere you can. Text it to people. Buy my book, The Oddball Chronicles. Also, support a starving author. Still out here. But that's all we got for today's episode. So as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.